Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of the Origin Canine Podcast. Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me, fuck. So today we got a, uh, a pretty cool guest on. Um, so we got Matthew Morris, ex Third Battalion uh, Warrior, current owner of Two Raven Security, and uh, the host of the Zero Limits Podcast. I've been a guest on his podcast, and now he's on mine. Uh, and we thought it was pretty important to tell your story, Matty, because you've been doing the potty for a while and it's getting pretty fucking big, man. You've had some yeah. big name guests on, like Tom Brown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I lost, actually, I lost listeners when I put your podcast <laughs> up. <laughs> you should, we, we, we recorded over uh, Sean O'Gorman's episode, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah we, <laughs> what did you just delete that one? <laughs> it's gone. It's gone, mate. <laughs> Yeah, so mate, welcome. Thanks for coming on the potty, bro. And thank, nah, yeah, thanks most of all, mate, for uh, accommodating my lack of planning. Yeah, I had mate, like, welcome to my studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no recording stuff, no video, and I'm like, yeah, we'll just use everything you got. Yeah, so. no, nah, mate, all good. No, I appreciate you, you know, wanting to have a chat and you know, let me share, you know, what I've done, you know, for the last 20 years, I guess. Yeah, man. Yeah. And the, I think the reason was because, like, I've been watching, I've been listening to your potty for ages and you have me on. And I forgot, I think I even asked you, I was like, have you ever done a backstory for you? And you said, no. So I was like, well, surely there are people asking for that, right? Mm. Yeah, get- there definitely is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, I've done a couple of potties now. So, you know, a bit of my story's out there, but always happy to share more and you know i guess i'm a, a little bit of a canine handler as well <laughs> i may have done dabbled into a little bit of the detection side of things yeah 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 uh, well, in, in the private security world which uh you know i really re- thoroughly enjoyed yeah awesome man yeah we'll, we'll fucking definitely get into that yeah man. definitely definitely um well let's just sort of do what we both do and go back to the beginning and then talk about you growing up as a as a boy and then what shaped you specifically going into the military, which obviously flows on to the rest of your career after that. Yeah, right, mate. So I grew up in uh, East Brisbane, uh, 1984 I was born. And uh, my mother, single mother, uh, my parents actually, they broke up when I think we were young, two, three, maybe four, maybe five. I, you know, honestly, I can't remember. But she immigrated from uh, Singapore in the 70s and typical, you know, met – Met the white dad and love you a long time and, you know, <laughs> here I am. And uh, we, we grew up, uh, as I said, in East Brisbane, a housing commission. There was uh, three of us brothers, uh, me and my younger brother. Uh, he's pretty prominent on Instagram these days. And my older brother, he's five years different, but he had a different dad. And uh, his dad was actually in the Air Force. That's probably why he turned out gay. <laughs> <laughs> is he legit he gay? Is, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense, right? And uh, I mean, yeah. you can't disprove that <laughs> science. So we grew up in this housing commission. It was pretty, you know, we pretty low income. You know, I remember back in those days, mum was probably on 20, you know, 20 something grand back, you know, this is 80s, 80s, 90s. So pretty low income. Dad was doing all right. And it was, the best part is he only lived a block away. Oh, so he was still in your life. He didn't, he wasn't. Yeah, no, nah, dad, diff, d- yeah, he wasn't black. <laughs> oh. <laughs> can, we, can we say that? <laughs> I mean, I was just about to go back to the gay thing and be like, "Hey, we're not knocking the gays. We're just <laughs> we're just laughing at the the military branch yeah. rivalry, and then you just chopping the fucking." I'm Asian, so I can't be racist. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah, so he only, he only lived a block away, so it wasn't too bad for us growing up. Especially, it was me and my younger brother, because obviously my older brother was five years apart, and 
we kind of found out he was, you know, batting for the other team quite young. I found this letter of, you know, he was writing to, you know, back in the day when you had to write pen pals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was writing his pen pal in Japan somewhere and he's like, Matt Damon's hot. I'm like, Matt Damon's, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> You're like, no, he's not. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, yeah, no he's, he's a not. guy. The Spice Girls are. Like, they're, they're hot. They were hot at that stage. And, uh, yeah, so we didn't really hang out with him too much. Obviously, again, that five-year gap. It was me and my younger brother because we only had a two-year gap. So we were just pretty free-range between our dad's house, mum. You know, and we lived in housing commission. And at mum's house, you know, it was two-bedroom uh, unit with mum lived downstairs, basically just on a fold-out couch. So it was pretty hard for us growing up. But, again, moving back to the 1980s and not early 90s, it's, it was free-range. There was no technology, you know, we had, you know, the the basic Sega Master System, Alex the Kid, you know, California games. Basically, we lived outside. So, you know, we're playing in the creek, heading to, you know, I told this on another podcast, but we may have ventured into the Gabba a few times and knocked off a whole bunch of Coca-Cola and Paddle Pops because <laughs> my school was right next to the Gabba. Yeah. And it was actually pretty cool because I played a lot of sports, AFL, cricket, et cetera, and – the coaches were either Brisbane Lions bloody players or the um, Queensland uh, Brisbane cricket team, whatever they were called back in those days. So we had it was really good on that on that side of things. Uh, but as I said, yeah, mate, we were just free range growing up and no no desire to join the military. Had no idea about the military to the extent you know, of obviously what I know about it now. But yeah, mate, yeah, that's that's pretty much me growing up at school. I was never just the typical. You know, as I said on my podcast. I was that typical, didn't apply myself, did not care about school, just played sports, really good sports, really good at all the physical aspects of, you know, shop A, shop B, metalwork, you know, woodwork type things, yeah. anything physical. But when it comes to academics, maths, and I was always in the, you know, the, the special ed maths class or, you know, like the, the what they call it, the simple, simple English or <laughs> uh, commu- uh, English communication. Simple cunts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the simpletons. So that was me because I just didn't, just didn't, you know, fancy any anything academic and, same thing in high school, mate. It was the same thing. Yeah, okay. So I think Soggy probably put that best. He was in one of your, I think, episode 50-something. And, uh, yeah, it was like – it's like a – Matty, uh, what's, the, what's the way he phrases it? Um, Matt has potential but doesn't apply himself. Yeah, that sounds like the the gist of the and that, your guests and my guests. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I think we find purpose, you know, further on down the track once we find these professional organisations and you kind of – become a man quite quickly when you join these organisations as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what suburb did you grow up in Brisbane that was like it's a called East Brisbane. Country? East Brisbane. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. actually called East Brisbane. Obviously you got East Brisbane, then you got the Woolloongabba, yep. a little bit further down, you got Kangaroo Point and uh, South Bank and all those places. Gotcha. So all those places where he's throwing our pushies and just tear it up and cause havoc. Yeah. But back in those days, the Gabba as well, this is when they used to have the Greyhounds at the Gabba. Okay. So it yeah. used to be Greyhound track. And so I remember when that went out, they threw all these stamps out in the bin and we fucking went through this bin and just took every stamp possible and all these greyhound stamps, no idea what they were. Oh, what were they for? Like back in the day, know. was that don't like know. stamping no. the yeah, must have. sheets or whatever? Yeah, must have. Don't know. Yeah, don't okay. Know. Yeah. Know. It was, but it was really cool going to school right next to the Gabba. Again, mate, like we got really familiar with all the players, you know, all the, all the AFL players, all the cricketers. You know, the international cricket team was there all the time. We'd wait outside and sign autographs and it was actually actually pretty good growing up. Like I had a year where we had shit all money and we kind of just lived off what we had and a few things, but we played outside and that's all we did and got in trouble with the police a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just regular. 
So, I mean, obviously you said your mum wasn't making that much money and, you know, life wasn't terrible for you as a kid. Do you reckon now that you, you're an adult and you reflect back, do you reckon life would have been pretty hard for your parents? And you just didn't notice because you're a kid, you were just riding your bike and then I'm happy with that. You know what? I think mum worked a fair bit, so did dad, but it's, it was a different world. You know, the work was different. The, you know, the, the cost of living was different. Yep. You, know, you could buy a pack of cigarettes for five bucks. You could, you know, dad used to literally write a note, pack of Winnie Blues, six pack of beer. We'd walk down to the servo, hand the note over, 20 bucks, pass the, the stuff over in a plastic bag and yeah. there'd be like three bucks left and, you know, we'd buy some Hubba Bubba and buy some lollies lollipops. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. And there's like, fuck, like ton, a ton worth of it, you know, like. Each frog was like a cent or something. Not even well. That's when we had one cent, and two cent coins for the for the younger listeners. I still remember the, the, yeah. the old, those old coins. Yeah, even as a kid, I used to pick them up, and I wouldn't wouldn't know what to fucking do with exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we used them. Like we, we actually had a one and two cent, and we had a dollarite count. Oh, uh, with, with the little co- with Commonwealth Bank, and it was a little little flick book, yeah, right? So you put all your one cents, two cent coins. I remember when I cashed it out, it was like a hundred bucks, like in year eight, and I was like, Phew. mate, no shit. Long. I remember like. When I maybe was like ten or fifteen, and I found this old dollarite like note, and it was yeah, big, it was like yeah, yeah same about a yeah. hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, fucking fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. So it was, you know, when you talk about the parents, you know, how they lived and how I how we live now, I guess it was easier in a way back then, like simpler almost. Simpler, and I, I, I'm guessing there was a lot more work, a lot less people, you know, yeah. a lot less competition for going for jobs. Uh, I think in Brizzy know. back in the day too, before um, the World Expo or whatever it was. Yeah, 88. Yeah, well, there you go. It would have been a much simpler, there, yeah. different time, yeah. I imagine. All the infrastructure would have come later. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was pretty simple back, you know, 88, far out, Expo. And then that's when they built South Bank just afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. So that would have expanded up. Kind of like Sydney after the Olympics. Um, so when did the when did your, your thoughts first move to the military? Mate, it's, it's funny. I've, I've spoken about this before. In year eight, I remember it was like a like a time capsule. You'd write on a you know a thing what you wanted to be when you left, you know, when you leave school. So year twelve, you open this capsule up and you've got all these things from year eight, etc. Because again, this is Queensland, so this is a bit different. I think year, down here is year seven is high school. Yeah, but up in Queensland, year eight to twelve, and on there I wrote, uh, I'm going to join the join the military. I guess. For me, it was just movies and TV shows and playing with GI Joe back then. To the extent and Commander Conquer, that was that oh was a, yeah, that yeah. was a cracker. But to the extent of the knowledge of what the ADF was, no idea. Yeah, seen seen the dudes walking around in in the valley or wherever shopping out with mum or something like that. You know, they had the sleeves rolled up in the jelly bean uh, jelly bean. Um, I think when they first come in too, I'm pretty sure the the jelly bean suit. Probably around that I time think, from the yeah. greens, the jelly bean suit. Early nineties, yeah. I think. Epaulets on the shoulders yep. and stuff. Yep, yep, mate. From there, basically year twelve, uh, sorry, year eleven, I uh, went to Inogra Barracks for work experience. So obviously, oh, yeah. work experience comes up, and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll do the army, and they sent me out to Second uh, Fourteen Light Horse Regiment uh, with the AP. They had APCs back then. Mate, honestly, the best two weeks of my life. I wish I could find out who was there that, you know, during that time, just so I could try and find them somehow. Yeah. But they turned it on for us. You know, they we were changing tracks on bloody, uh, there was two of us. We were changing tracks on on these APCs. No idea what we're doing. You know, there's 50s, there's 30 mil fucking cannons kicking around. There's, you know, there's 
styres and we're like, oh, this is this is amazing. <laughs> they were taking us for cruises out and on these uh, APCs through a, a Nogger and stuff like that. And I guess that just kind of grew the – just grew it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then – so year 11, what's that, year 2000? And then obviously 2001, September 11. Yep. I see all that happen. I was watching Cheese TV, I'm pretty sure, when I woke up. And mum's, you know, flicking the channel. Dragon Ball Z. When yep. I say flicking the channel, she's changing the channel like With this. With the dial. Yeah, the old dial. <laughs> And you know, changing, fixing the antennas so you can get the right reception. And obviously 9-11's happened and we're seeing all this footage. And I guess for me it was just like that was kind of like a, a moment. I'm like, oh, fuck, something's happening in the world. Maybe I should maybe I should enlist in the army. And that's when all the ads started popping up conveniently. 13, 19, this is the edge. And oh, is that when that started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was around then. This is the edge. I remember it. I remember these ads uh, vividly. And um, obviously, yeah, again, 9-11 happened. And again, I didn't really grasp the concept. I had no idea fucking who Osama bin Laden was. I had no idea who, where Afghanistan was, you know, war on terror. Al-Qaeda, who, who's that? Who's, who is that? No idea because uh, I'm too busy watching Cheese TV. But I finished school and then had about a year of just, just floating between, you know, little labouring jobs and worked at a butcher shop. I was a, a trolley boy for a couple of years and um, – 2003 is when I enlisted. Shit. Went through, went through the process. Honestly, I don't really remember the process of me joining the Defence Force. Like, I don't remember going to the recruiting centre. Yeah, I, 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 all I remember was – no, I don't. I don't remember. Okay, interesting. I don't remember, yeah. And there was a guy out there. We enlisted on the same day and we ended up in the 3rd Battalion uh, eventually together. He went uh, full-time. So, crazy story. Well, not crazy, but the first time when I listed, there was no position in full time, so there was no position for full time infantry when I enlisted. They basically said, "Oh, there's no full time uh, spots here. You can be kept." You know, what was your second preference? I said, "I think I said mechanic. I, I may have said MP. No, <laughs> I know." And basically, I was just MP like, was your first choice, <laughs> and you just got they just gave you infantry. <laughs> Actually, that, that's just jogged my memory now. Yeah, yeah. It has just jogged my memory of uh, someone that was in the military. Now, my mum, uh, her best friend, her husband was an MP and he was based out at Inogra. So that's jogging my memory oh, now. Shit. So that, I guess that was kind of the influence as well because he used to tell us, you know, a few little worries back then and, you know, eating, doing uh, survival courses, eating, you know, chicken with the feathers still on and stuff like that. We're like, oh, fuck, that's yeah. hectic. This guy was going 41, 40 zone, cool. booked in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's far out. That's that's actually that's that's really good and jogging my memory. Yeah, so yeah, two thousand three. I joined with this uh, same guy that I ended up going to the third team with. He went um, full time and said I there was no position for infantry uh, for me. I was I don't know. I guess looking back at it now, understanding it, I guess there was no room either at Kapuka or no or probably no room at Singo more than anything. Yeah, because it was at that time in two thousand three when. Iraq war kicked off, Afghanistan's kicked off, the war on terror is just gone, absolutely bonkers. Every young 18, 19-year-old is just like, yep, sign me up. Yeah. So because when did Iraq kick off? I think that was March. March 2003. Yeah, because I remember watching it. I was on the phone yeah. to my girlfriend, Cassie yeah. Gray, at the time. Oh, oh Cass, <laughs> shout out. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> the war separated us, but now that it's over, we should get back together. Um so yeah, no, I remember that as well. So so back to the September 11 stuff, because you always ask people on the show, 
Is there any particular reason you like asking that question? Is it because Mate, because it's, it's a defining moment? Yeah. And you know, even me being a seventeen-year-old boy, I still remember that day. Like I remember waking up, watching Cheese TV, Agro's Cartoon Connection was on as well with um, yeah, Ranger Stacy. Oh, I remember Ranger, Ranger, Stacey. Ranger Stacey and Ranger Tim. Well, yeah, everyone remembers Stacey. May, may have. <laughs> <laughs> Your first wank. <laughs> yeah, may have tugged the old bean. <laughs> I don't think you tugged the bean, mate. I think you flicked the bean. Well, yeah, well, you can, yeah, you can. There you go. <laughs> it, was, it was the size of a bean, that's for sure. <laughs> a little tic-tac, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, it's just one of those defining moments that I guess anyone – that, you know, deployed to Afghanistan or even Iraq, you know, the, the global war on terror, GWAT as they call it, um, understands that it was that day and that defining moment that changed the history of how we moved forward, especially look at the fucking airports. They went bonkers. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. We went from basically just getting on a plane willy-nilly with your, with your nine mil in your back pocket to, you know, getting searched every, you know, every... Every three seconds, you yeah. Know? So and it's only ramping up, right? AI stuff, facial recognition, crazy, all crazy the signature, and so that's the reason why I asked it on my podcast because it is one of those defining moments that I guess anyone of, of age that's probably you know born prior to then definitely remembers it. Yeah, but I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. I, I've forgotten if it was on a podcast or if it was. Um, I know it was on uh, my last podcast episode with um, Kelvin Boswell, and um, we'll talk about September 11. Because I was, I was, because I asked the same question because you used to ask it or you ask it, and uh, and then he was like, for some young people that weren't born at that time, it's that's like Pearl Harbor to them. They're like, I don't know, they got no fuck? idea. Yeah, like, oh yeah. yeah, I read about that in school, and we're like, I watched it on TV. So yeah, it's interesting, and then that that's why I wanted to know why you ask about it because I w- I wasn't sure if it had some apart from the obvious specific meaning to you, like you had family over there or something like that. So. No, definitely not. I mean, honestly, I didn't even know where the Twin Towers were at that stage. You know, New York City, I only seen it on fucking Home Alone. You know what I mean? That's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that was about the extent of my knowledge of the world in general. But yeah, again, mate, it's just one of those defining moments, I guess, that everyone of our era remembers. Yeah. Yeah. So talking through um, like your enlistment stuff, obviously you've you've gone in and then you've, you're in like a holding spot until they have a full-time position. Yeah, so basically what they said to me, they said, you know, you can either choose one of these other other cores or you can go reserves. So I thought, you know what, obviously let's let's go back to reserves. Go I, I, something, yeah. I, I, exactly, let's just – at least I've got the foot in the door. Again, I didn't really know too much about the military itself. Uh, got uh, posted to the 25th, uh, 49th Battalion at Inogra, uh RQR, Royal Queensland Regiment. Yep. And at that stage, this battalion was just full, like the the, the lance jacks, the full tracks, sergeants. The there were staff sergeants back in those days too. I think they they rallied that out a couple of years later. Yeah, oh, we uh, we had one. I remember one staff yeah, sergeant. I forgot yeah, his fucking name, but r- yeah. rarest dog shit, um, rocking horse shit, I'd say. And all the rank structure were. Uh, regular full-time full-time guys and I was lucky that all my guys like my section commander uh, my platoon sergeant my CSM they're all from 3R all these dudes that did uh, their first and uh, possibly fucked up and obviously got shipped out to this uh, reserve yeah, battalion yeah, yeah. yep to look after and it was actually really 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 interesting when I got in because again it was it was like a soft entry for me if you know what I mean you weren't going straight into full-time and getting slammed straight away because you rocked up on a Tuesday night and 
that's it. That was it for the week. Yeah. That's what I said about when I joined as well. Like that was a soft gradual entry to the to the military. Like, you know, like you said, once a Tuesday and you're just like, hey, how you going? And you go home and it's not too confronting. So Yeah. 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 But which was crazy because it become a full-time job for me. There was that thing called continual uh, full-time service, CFTS. CFTS, yeah. And basically from there, there's like, oh, we do need to fill these spots. We need we need to have a, an active, you know, almost like an active battalion ready to roll. So we signed on a continuous full-time service. And uh, from there basically did uh, my IETs, which was two-week blocks, two two-week blocks. And... Mate, I loved it. Absolutely. From there, it was just like, fuck, this is, you know, playing with, you know, styres and minimise and, you know, throwing grenades as, as a choco, like, and then going back to pushing trolleys or whatever I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so when did you go to third battalion? Mate, so in, in between, sorry, in, in during this time in 2549, I did an exercise called Exercise Sumon Warrior in Singapore. So we won this, um, fuck, I, I need to find out the name of this, this uh, Luke Blue Andrews, if you're listening, we actually, uh, we were in the same uh, section together in 2549 before he went full-time as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Is it, I didn't realise that's how you guys knew each other. Yeah. So it's from the chalk days. We used to hang out in the Gap and drink some Bundy rums. Because if you've, uh, I've got the Forex man tattooed on my shoulder and he's, <laughs> he's got the Bundy bear rum, the <laughs> no Bundy shit. bear on, uh, tattooed on his arm. On his so ass, yeah, yeah. Anyone out that, there, yeah. have a look. He'll be stretched and fucking beaten now. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, mate, we won this. Uh, I'll have to find out what it's called, but it was like a dog cup, but it was just for Choco. So we had, you know, 9 RQR, 2549, 51 North Queensland Regiment, some regiment from down in New South Wales. Yeah, it was like yeah. a, a dog cut for Chocos. Anyway, we end up winning it. I guess because our secos, you know, my seco, he was X three RR and just just loved it, just loved it. And we won that. So that our reward was they sent us to Singapore for three weeks. There was an exercise going for the officers. There was an ex like a war game ex- exercise for the officers. Exercise Sumon Warrior. So they just sent a section of diggers over there just to. Just tag along and be tourists. So we went over to Singapore for a couple of weeks and just just turned. And I don't really remember too much about it, but I remember bumping into my auntie because I'm from my mum's from Singapore. Singapore and I yeah. bumped only a few years, two two or three years earlier. I went to Singapore and I bumped in my, into my auntie in the, in a shopping center. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just here with the army." She's like, "Well, oh, really?" The army. Yeah, because there's a lot of people in Singapore, right? Yeah, hundred million people. Yeah, Asians have a lot of fucking relatives. Yeah, this <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Lots of them. And I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got to go to Singapore in, you know, in the next month. And mate, I've got plenty of places to stay. Yeah. I'll never go homeless over there. That's for sure. Mate, I'm surprised you ran into your auntie in that, yeah. sea, that sea of black hair <laughs> and fifty <laughs> like, million people. <laughs> is it fifty million? Is it? Oh, something like that. Oh, probably, okay, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mate. So we did that three week exercise and then got back back to Australia. From there, they're just like uh, um, Operation Relax. Who wants to? You know, it was for some reason it was twenty five forty nine's turn. They, um, you know, Operation Relax. You heard of it? So I think they, I think they call it Oper- Operation Resolute now. Oh, okay. I'm familiar Border, with that Border one. Patrol. Yeah, yeah. So that's come around. So basically, they grabbed a section from again section from each of these. Uh, Choco battalions from around from wherever, and this is where, again I met a couple of other guys. Uh, one bloke's in SASR right now, so obviously can't say his name. Uh, but we all ended up going to three hour together, a whole bunch of us, which was which was really cool. All these guys that I met, and uh, another guy that was on that trip was Greg Sher. Oh, so no he was shit. in my section in this in this Choco section for you know five six months, and you know yes, we, yeah. we we become really good friends. 
absolute cracking guy. And obviously he was killed in uh, January 2009 in Afghanistan in uh, the Bellucci Valley by rockets. Was he in was that Bellucci, was it? Yeah, Bellucci, yeah. Yeah. I've got a podcast coming up that will detail a bit about that incident. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because so I've got a, a friend of mine was good, same, same, was good mates with him, guy I went to Kabuka with. So, um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Hey, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. We called him Sherpa. Sherpa. Yeah, all the Jew. Because he, he's Jewish. <laughs> I'm going to get my podcast cancelled, mate. <laughs> Fuck, different times back then. Yeah, no, but, I'm pretty um, sure my, my audience is there okay. Yeah. Now they know you guys are cool. <laughs> mate, um, yeah, so we did this uh, Operation Relax. Me, it was me and Blue Andrews again. And yeah, mate, posted out to Darwin. Hung out at Larrakia Barracks for a couple of weeks. Did a bit of pre-deployment. I think we did some pre-deployment in Brisbane as well. And a bit of maybe... Tin Can Bay or uh, Shoalwater Bay. Okay, yeah. I think, I can't remember. Up to Darwin, from there basically they're like, you know, you get to go out in a couple of these ships. So we went out at HMAS uh, Arunta and Stewart and then there was one section had to stay at Christmas Island and w- my, my section got selected, which was cool because we spent about three months at Christmas Island and the detention centre was out there at that stage and the role for this section was to basically just provide an early warning or a patrol uh, like a shore patrol type thing, like well, like lifeguards with pistols. It was loose. Yeah. It was loose, like lifeguard dude. pursuit. Yeah, yeah. And the best part of Christmas Island is that the booze was duty free. <laughs> so you know, like you know, a bottle of Jim Beam was like ten bucks. So we're just turning it on every just night, punch your mate, so just yeah. doing yeah d- regular digger stuff, just turning it on. But it was a great time. I loved it. I loved it. I actually, got my scuba diving course ticket while I was over in uh, Christmas Island. Beautiful place. If you can ever go there, Christmas definitely Island. okay. It's that place, you know, where they got those red crabs that run across the street. Oh, yeah, there's like billions of them. Oh, right? dude. Yeah. It, it, there's this one-week period where they're just far out. It's like far out. It's like the mad cow on the weekend. There's <laughs> <laughs> crabs everywhere. Full of crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Imported crabs, yeah. Yeah, mate, yeah. So we spent a bit of time on the patrol, a couple of patrol boats. Honestly, I can't remember their names. I've got, I've got the hats from each of the, uh, from the boats. Ships or what? Fuck it. We've got some Navy guy <laughs> blowing up. Boat. Oh, you caught on a boat. I don't think Navy guys assholes. listen to my yeah. podcast, mate. <laughs> and yeah, mate, we bought a few few uh, illegal vessels. Oh, we did, no yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, we bought some ice, a lot of ice boats, a lot of fishing, illegal fishing boats where uh, chopping uh, shark fin, you know, shark fin. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was, was that we boarding with the Navy? Yeah, so obviously the Navy, it was really weird because obviously, the Navy, I don't know, Navy got their boarding teams. But they wanted the army to back them up. I don't know. Maybe they were a bit scared or something. Probably, the, yeah. Uh, the big boys to come along. And well, funny because another one of my guests, Will Patton, um, you know, master of puppies, ex two commando dog handler. Um, he was he. That's when he was a pusser, and he did those boarding parties. Did he? Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure it was around that time, man. Like I'll I'll ask him, but I mean he he, he might listen yeah. to this podcast. Yeah, mate. They were well, so. they were big boys too. These boarding parties. Like they were they were decent. It's funny. Majority of the boarding party dudes that I worked with, they're all rugby players. They okay. all play ru- uh, rugby for the Navy and stuff. So they're all big boys. I don't know, maybe it was just a almost like a joint exercise for, you know, Navy and Army to work together. Yeah. So I said, mate, yeah, we spent, you know, there'll be times we spend, uh, you know, maybe two, three weeks on a patrol boat and just cruise out and middle of ocean, you know, 15, 10, 15 guys on a patrol boat and just do some boardings and check on, you know, if you see a vessel out there, they just pull up to a vessel and check it out and. Make sure that it's not doing anything, you know, illegal. Were they pretty passive or do you have to 
fucking muzzle punch. Yeah, my, my 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 rotation was pretty passive. There was nothing. There was obviously arguments and stuff with a couple of illegal fishing, you know, fishermen, you know, oh, you know, yeah. putting putting the undersized <laughs> ones away. Miss oh, Guzzi, <laughs> that's a that's a baby fish. And, but I know uh, just prior was the the children overboard stuff. Oh no! Yeah, shit. so this is back in the Johnny Howard days where Johnny Howard did not give a fuck about refugees. Yeah, what, what was that speech he gave? Well, choose who comes here, and in the circumstances, he just come fucking here. literally. You get these boats, these even these illegal fishing boats. You get the fifty cow. They just fucking sink these boats. Send these. They take them back to Darwin. They put them on a plane. They fly them back to where they come from. Oh, and just drop them back off. Vaguely, Johnny did not give that. a fuck. Yeah, he was a gangster when it comes to refugees. <laughs> he did not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprised he didn't deep six them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was the, that was the process back in the day. But yeah, mate, it was really, it, it was it was. I guess for me, that was my first time carrying a live pistol. Yeah, you know, where well, you could have fucking capped someone. Oh, fuck, I had no idea, man. I was just a nineteen-year-old kid with a fucking pistol that I fired a few times. We did actually did we did a fair. When I talk about the pistol training as well, we it was kind of good because we did have those Choco Commandos on there, so they gave us a little bit of knowledge of you know what they get taught. Probably not to the extent of what, you know, the real, real, com- say, real commandos. <laughs> hey, there are some not real commandos that don't <laughs> yeah. uh, way more stuff than I've ever done. Yeah. Mate, so. <laughs> but, you know, they taught us, you know, what they were getting taught those days. So it was actually pretty good. And, mate, yeah, I, I had some fun on uh, Operation Relics. It was about five or six months. And back to Chocos again, mate, as I said, like I was full time pretty much from the day dot when I, when I enlisted. Yeah. I got back. Actually, before I touch on that, my section commander, she was working at Schema. So she was a Pogue. I don't know what she, she must have been admin or whatever, Paycor or whatever. But she worked at Schema. And me and Blue Andrew's like, let's let's try and see if we can get this paperwork moving. And she made the paperwork appear on the right desk at the right time. Good. We get yeah. back to the battalion, back to Choco's, and they're like, boys, transfer's through. You go on ARA. And... They gave us pretty much a choice. They're like, oh, do you want to go do Singo or do you just want to go straight to the battalion? One of the boys already just left uh, while we are on Operalex. He went to the 3rd Battalion, Miss Singo, called him and said, mate, should I should I do Singo? And like, it was like he had tears in his – I could just <laughs> hear <laughs> the – Yeah, do like, it. Do it twice. <laughs> just, just do it. Just do Singo, please. For, for the love of God, just do it. Who's and that guy that did, was that? Mick Albright. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, he's actually, I think he's a comedian now. Yeah, he's doing a bit of comedy. Yeah, okay. good, great guy, great guy. Yeah, cool. And, mate, yeah, I caught him. He, he probably wasn't crying. But he's like, yeah, mate, it's probably best you go do Singo because it's a bit weird turning up straight from a chalk battalion, straight to the third battalion when this third battalion at that stage was just still reeling from that 90s period. Yeah. And if anyone knows that 90s what happened period in the 90s, of, uh, oh, man. <laughs> skinhead, skinhead, looking for a fight. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. reeling from that still, you know. We had a couple of sergeants and CSMs with, you know, like the tattoos on their hands and stuff. I'm like, fuck, this is a bit rough. Yeah. But, yeah, the transfer come in and uh, me and Blue ended up, I think, I'm not sure if we went to Singo together, but I know he was in the sister platoon. Okay. So we, I think we went one or two weeks after each other. And, uh, yeah, mate, did 10 weeks at Singo and fucking absolutely loved it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah. So but I had, had a bit of trouble at Singo. Why? Uh, just at the start, mate, I, my old man was a bit crook and this was my first time away from, you know, mum and dad. So I was, I was, I'm only still a boy. Yeah. You know I mean? There's that separation anxiety and, you know, becoming a man for the first time and, you know, mum's not cooking for you, mum's not washing your clothes or, you know, cleaning your room. Yeah. 
I've got to do it myself. I mean, it's a shock to the system. It, it, that's what for, it is. For any young bloke, yeah. Shock to the system. So the first couple of weeks, I wouldn't say it was, it was, it was tough, but, you know, that, that made it a little bit harder. But in regards to the infantry side of things, fuck. Loved what it. a dream, mate. Yeah. Just shooting guns with the boys. You know, the guys are, you know, some of these guys I still speak to now that I went to the singer with. A few of us went to the 3RR. Uh, the other, a whole bunch of them went to the 5-7 as well. Yeah. Is that where Blue Andrews went? He went to. He went to 6RR. So that other platoon, the sister platoon, majority of them went to 6RR. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my uh, platoon, about 10 of us went to the 3 and I think the rest, 20 or so, went up to 5-7. Yeah, okay. Ramps down, pants down. Yeah, I'll five hour and seven hour. I never saw him much. I, I've just seen heard. that seven hours shut up shop. Really? I I don't know. I'm I'm punching it out there, but I, I thought I saw something on uh, social media that it's uh, shut up shop down to Adelaide and moving back up back north. Why they fucking? I don't know. I'm guessing like fucking Adelaide's yep. probably the last target the Chinese want to come to. Yeah, anyway. I was gonna say probably something to do with the fucking. <laughs> They're like Adelaide. No, 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 not Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, now that they know that, they'll be like, well, yeah, we've got Adelaide. Yeah, that's it. They're just gonna <laughs> sail around, go straight to Adelaide. Fuck, they can have it. Yeah, they can have it. <laughs> just, just like rig it up like just, an ISIS yeah. fucking ID, we'll and as soon as they turn the tap yeah, on, just that's it. Yeah. Adelaide we'll just goes put up. Put a Trump wall around it. We'll yeah. be right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what was your reception like in Thurbertain? So when you got there, especially because you're like half Asian looking guy. Yeah. But you're yeah, big tall, six, six five motherfucker. Like, yeah, I was, was, a, a, I was pretty skinny okay. back then too. So, you know, I was, you know, I'm 125, 126 now. Back then I was pushing 70 kilos. Like I look like your typical Asian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah typical. Just living on, a <laughs> just living on meager rings. Handful of rice or something, yeah. <laughs> just a handful of rice. <laughs> just, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, mates, I remember it would have been, it, it wasn't too bad. There was about, you know, as I said, probably about 10 of us and we rock up and our accommodation lines obviously weren't set. If anyone remembers Holsworthy back in the day, especially in the Thurbertain side of things, there was these uh, lines that were, and it was the same thing over at 4 hours. There was these line, old lines that were just, you it was know, Capion Longs, right? Yeah, Capion Longs, pretty much parallel to each other. Uh, sport company, Charlie, Bravo, Alpha up the top uh, near, near, near uh, Afghans. And for, for the lids, we had to stay above the shat. And again, if anyone's listening out there that knows the shat back in those days, it was fucking hell. The chateau, yeah. The shat was where it was at. Like if I'm, There's probably people buried there still. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it was just one of those places that was da- it was dangerous. Yeah, it was da- there was no no security. Well, it was, it was a dangerous a place for a lid, that's for sure. I only did a couple of years at three when they were still in Sydney, and uh, it was still pretty wild when I was there, man. Like still guys getting fucking yeah. getting laid oh, out. Was, like, that that was that was a weekly occurrence. Yeah, every piss up there was some knocked out lid somewhere, so it was a very dangerous place for a lid to be. Yeah, and our accommodation lines for the first few weeks were up in this up at up at the shat, basically just an open common room type thing with a whole bunch of beds and lived up there and eventually obviously posted to uh, Alpha Company. So we moved up into the Alpha Company lines and, mate, it was pretty good. I, I run into a, you know, a, a bit of trouble obviously at the Shat being a young lead and I think it was more of a, a, a test back in those days, you know, a couple of the senior dicks. Chest poking, you know, yeah. Yeah, just do a bit of chest poking. You, you know, you stand up for yourself and Jeremy Keeley, you know, one of my good friends now, he kind of basically took me on board and, you know, took me under his little wing. He was a, a lance jack back then. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know the guy. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but I've seen him around. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was uh, his best man at his wedding. 
not only, you know, a bunch of years ago now, but um, he basically took me under his wing because, again, a couple of coloured guys working together, you know, you got to stick together. <laughs> Didn't have diversity quite as back no, then. There was, no, there was definitely no, yeah. There was, there was only two genders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when definitely no females in the infantry back then. Yeah. Uh, Do they have, are they chicks in the, in the grunts now? I'm pretty sure there is, yeah. Actually, 100% there are. I think yeah, I know there. there are, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, mate, it wasn't too bad. Like, you know, I, I guess the hardest part is cruising around in, in a crap hat for the first, you know, few days. Even I got there, Maroon Beret, yeah. <laughs> you know, and obviously third battalion being a parachute battalion, like everyone jumping out of planes, wearing the parachute, you know, the Maroon Beret, it's a bit of a prestige thing back then. Like it was, you know, the I'd say the premier battalion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, as you can see here. Yeah, love that's it. That's my bad boy. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, mate. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I'll post up the Alpha Company and – I think uh, in the first few months we did an exercise, exercise catter. I mean, we were exercise catter yeah, up yeah. in uh, That's a big one, right? Up big. in Townsville, yep, yeah. yep, yep. It's similar Combined to… arms training activity or something. Yeah, I think it's only Australian-based. There's no other, like Talisman Sabres, like all these different countries. Yeah, catter is just, yeah. just Aussies, I'm pretty sure. And that was a bit of a slog, mate. Like we did, we did uh, that was a good time. I remember you had to carry those, those the injury cards. So when you got sh- – we, we wore that test gear. Oh, the laser stuff. So when you get shot and they're like, yeah. you're, you're dead. You're like, like you just got hit by a 66. Steve, yeah, yeah like, Stephen Hawking talks. <laughs> and you pull this card out and it'll tell you what your injury is. Like, and I remember mine, I had my ear shot off. So <laughs> right. I, had, I had to bandage my head. <laughs> and then we got into a massive contact and the whole section got killed. And that was the end of it. I'm like, and then we just went back to like the central post and I don't know, we just hung out for like two days and like, is that what exercises are about? Like <laughs> This is realistic. I'll die every time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, can I die again? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, mate, did catter and back to the battalion. Got my uh, sport company course. About five, six months in. Got uh, mortars. mortars, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 81, 81 millimeter. And were you? did you get a jump course pretty early? Mate, pretty quick? I actually ended up doing two water jumps before I did my para course. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. What really. Did, what? Hang on, what? My, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. So they – honestly, I, I don't remember too much about it, but I remember they're just stabbing blokes like, you're doing a water jump. I'm like – What's a water I'm jump? Not, I'm not even fucking qualified. They're like, you don't need to be. We'll teach you. Like, <laughs> what do you mean we'll teach you like in a day? Honestly, I can't remember – I can't go back in my brain and think about that those days. That's why. I do remember bro. jumping. Yeah, but, yeah, I did two water jumps into Jarvis Bay and uh, Pioneer Platoon were the ones that picked us up. That is fucking wild. Yeah, dude, this is before my basic parachute course. And then obviously then I got on, on basic para and did the para course, which is, you know, one of those courses, you know, obviously it's really good to obviously finish it being a, you know, a paratrooper. But, fuck, that course, fuck, it's painful and just monotonous. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. static line jumping. and In the rises know, and stuff. In the rises and doing those static drills out that. You know, those little plane setups out on the outside, just You're running through the drills swing, and shit. swing, oh, 10, 6, 3, you've landed. <laughs> yeah. I, I've forgotten all those. Like, okay, well, chin strap. Chin I've forgotten strap. all that, man. Okay, well, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Buddy. Reserve handle. He gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, honestly, I don't remember much of the jumping. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Do you remember, remember the first jump, that water one? No. 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 No, I, I can't. I can remember... I remember a little glimpses. What I'm seeing right now is me pulling the cape walls because before you obviously hit the water, you got to yeah. pop your cape walls so you can pop the shoot away. As soon as you hit that so, water, yeah. yeah. And you know those blokes doing it like thirty <laughs> meters up, just spudding in, just turning it on, and that was like I think I remember that was going through my mind like just make sure you 
pop your Don't do it too soon. Balls. Just just yeah, wait. Yeah. As soon as your feet touch, then pop them. Pop those cake wells and get rid of the shoot. And, um, yeah, I don't remember too much. And I remember my first jump, though, on the basic para course uh, was in Wagga. So, obviously, the parachute course, basic para is in uh, Nara. Yeah. But the winds were too high, so they flew us out to Wagga. Like, in the plane, they're like, no jump tonight. And they flew <laughs> straight out to bloody uh, Wagga. And uh, I remember jumping... First jump landed on the fucking runway. Nice. Oh, dude. And, and I was a C10, like, no doubt. Oh, yeah. So sputtered in like like a fucking rock out of the sky. Dead that, yeah. On the fucking, there was probably about 20 of us on this fucking runway just sputtering on straight on tarmac. I'm like, fuck, is this, is this what parachuting is about? Is this the 100 bucks extra fortnight I get? It was 100 bucks a fortnight? Yeah, was it? It was, it's funny. Go Just go back to singing. That's kind of what, what sucked me into it. Yeah, okay. They're like, uh, the, I remember the Seco's coming like, who wants to earn 100 bucks a fortnight? And I'm like, yeah, you're a paratrooper. I'm like, oh, what does <laughs> <No>. that mean? <laughs> Can I pay you that? Yeah, so that's that's pretty much how I ended up three hours. Because I didn't, I didn't really have a – I thought about going to six hour because it was Brisbane. Yeah. So I thought about just going home, back to Brisbane. Lifestyle battalion. But, right? that, but that was the problem. It was the lifestyle battalion and yeah. and there was no positions for it on, on our platoon. I don't even remember what our platoon was called, honestly. I swear there's a name. There is. There's like a, a battle name, you know, like Platoon Coral or something, wasn't it? Platoon. Uh, is, is that how they call it? Because there was Coral Lines in that base, but. Uh, is that how they call it? I don't know. Pinaroo? Pinaroo Platoon. Was it Pinaroo Platoon? That was one of them. I think that was the. The special ed platoon one. Oh no, I think Pinaroo platoon was the one that it's the third platoon internal IET course. I've got no idea. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I remember actually, uh, Kapuka was hallway twenty two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was twenty six. Yeah. I think hallway twenty two. Just run out with a stag. <laughs> Your little stiffy. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little beans just poking out. Can we bring that word back, stiffy? <laughs> like, I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> But yeah, mate, that was uh, yeah, base power done, and yeah, mate, that was yeah, did mortars course and ended up down in support company. Yeah, and so that tr- uh, the next, uh, I think that two thousand eight trip, or I might be skipping ahead here. Did you go to Timor before then? I went to Timor in two thousand seven. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. After the riots and whatnot. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So two thousand seven, I busted my shoulder in two thousand six. So two thousand six was all about uh, recovery, and then two thousand seven, I was down in mortars, mortar platoon. Uh, just we we did we did heaps of mortaring like heaps of mortaring nonstop at Singo like we'd literally driving those you know those six bees six bees yeah with the yeah, cages with the, on them? With, no with the sides you see get the four seats on the side oh so sorry yeah like cruising up the freeway like up up to, you know normal freeway you you'll drive you know tomorrow like just yeah. just like waving at chicks like on a roller coaster car sort of your, thing like you're yeah, yeah. yeah and I remember like having the minimum just holding it up and chicks like. Oh yeah, just getting wet and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that old school fake yeah, SF, just like real cool. high. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, mate, we did plenty of mortaring up in Singo, and it was really, really, really fucking good, mate. I love mortars. It's it is a technical technical job, especially when it comes to map protractor and all that type of stuff. And you know. Laying onto a post and doing all that stuff, and that was always fun. Laying on, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I remember, you know, obviously carrying all the kit. That was obviously the worst part because you had to carry obviously the tube and base plate. Base plate. Tripod. Each person, you know, one, two, and three. Oh fuck, that was. I probably the tube was the worst. I was lucky because I was always a number, number one. Yeah. So I carried the base plate, so it wasn't too bad. And you carry two bombs as well, so that's just. Just in those four things, you know, the, the base plate and uh, sorry, two bombs, three things, you're looking at, you know, 
I think the base plate was like 13, 12 kilos. Each bomb was five kilos. So it's 20 kilos just in just in, just in equipment. And then you got to carry your water and your fucking jack rats. And the fucking but the, um, the tripod was my, so the bipod was my That's least favorite because it was like a fucking gyroscope. Yeah. You can't tell which way it's going to like bend. You know what I mean? Yeah, you try yeah. and fold the legs and it's like, yeah. you know, those handheld camera things. It's like that with no fucking electronics just flopping around. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think carrying the, the tube was the worst because you'd always hear this. This, you know, there'd be like two trees like this, and you hear this, <laughs> this one bloke, just one going, dong, dong. just bouncing back. And you'd have, oh, I remember there's one time this bloke fell over and he's on his back. It was like a fucking turtle on its back, mate. Couldn't <sighs> get back. He couldn't get up. He's like, help, help. And if you fuck him too, they got to like x ray it for the fractures and things. Yeah, it's, it's no, bad. They, never, they never did that in three. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, bad. They never did that. And it probably, they probably should. I remember uh, we did this uh, Mortar X. Can't remember. It must have been in Singo. We're dropping these bombs. Drop this bomb. As soon as uh, I was on, I was uh, number one. Uh, number two, drop the bomb. Tail fin blew off. Oh yeah. So it came out of the tube just like it just went boom. Literally like fucking twenty meters in front of us, and oh, we're shit. just like, ah, it was like. What, like what, those, like those Instagram videos you see of the jav or whatever. Like, Dude, just, it just lands right in front of you, and we're just like fucking. I got fragged by whatever that come out of the, you know, because of the tail fin blew off and metal was fragging me. Shit. And we're fucking just running, just thinking this thing's gonna explode. Obviously, there's an arming distance on it, so it's not gonna, yeah, not gonna go bang. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure technically how it works, but I fucked if I know. I, don't know. I think it's act, that that little piece probably on, the, on the nose. It's yeah, it probably could have blown up. Who knows? Oh, and that. there was a bit of a transition between ammo at that stage too. I think we're moving into the new, the adjustable one, you know, the adjustable yeah. tip where you could ch- change it to airburst or you could change it to uh, delay Proximity fuse. delay, yeah. yeah. I think it was. it's the South African round, I think. Uh, yeah. I forgot the name of the fucking yeah. name. So that's when it changed, but this tail fin blew off and fuck, we fucking... And but it didn't go ex- off though. It just went no, it did. Yeah, it just dropped in front. And they had to get the uh, bomb techs out. What do they call me? EOD. Yeah, yeah. Come out and fucking I don't know, blow it in place. Yeah, but can't remember. But it was index because <laughs> all the ammo they had to get all the ammo checked. I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> God's looking down at me. I'm just like half look, I'm fucking fragging my arm. Like oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you're half Asian, eh? You're yeah, just like a, yeah. It's, it's crazy because <laughs> my eyes are a little bit still blurry. I reckon it's probably got. Yeah, I don't no know. Shit. Yeah, it was, I wouldn't say it was fragged. Who knows? It was just something. Bit Powders of, or vapors or something? Don't know. Don't know, but it was fucking hectic. But anyway, we went off track there. But uh, yeah, mate, Timor 2007. Yeah. How was that? Mate, again, I was down at Mortars. It was Bravo uh, company that went to uh, Timor 2007. And I think there was a few guys that obviously, you know, maybe got sick or injured or whatever. So they had to uh, backfill these uh, platoons up. So they come down to the sport company and said, oh, we've got 10 spots. Who wants to go? I'm like, Psh. everyone else has already been to Timor. Everyone else has done. So- Solis was kicking off. Iraq's already in swing, I think. Sectet and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, Sectet 2006 went and we had a Sectet in 2003. So most of the battalion's been somewhere at that stage. And there was a couple of us broken guys that, you know, never been anywhere. And so that my uh, soon sergeant sent me up. He's like, yep, go up, go see the OC. It was Major Beckett. Uh, the famous Major Beggett, he was this pommy bloke. I'm not sure if he was from one para, three para or somewhere, but he's from one of those para regiments over in the UK. And he used to wear his parish mock. Mate, it'd be like fucking 35 degrees in summer and he's fucking Major Beggett just fucking... Sick for it, eh? Yeah, but worn. You know what I mean? Like just wearing his fucking... In Timor, 400 degrees, parish mock. 100% humidity. Yeah, smashing it. I remember going to his office, he's like, I understand you've been injured and... He goes, give me fucking 60 push-ups right now and you go to the team. I'm like, <laughs> fucking hell. 
and I was I was in pain. Yeah, my shoulder's still fucked from it. Really? Okay. Yeah. The injury bad. or the push-ups? What? what injury. Did you, injury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I dislocated a few times extra after that, so it didn't fucking help. Funny story. One of the boys crashed a fucking uh, Forby into a fucking Dartmouth hole. Yeah, if you're listening, mate. Yep, you. <laughs> and I was in the back, and it was a live fire range, and I remember shooting out the back, and this fucking crashed into the fucking Dartmouth hole. This is in Townsville, I think. And uh, yeah, popped my shoulder out again. Shit. Fucking shot some holes in the fucking roof. Oh, <laughs> like, fuck oh, me. Fucking no one got shot. Yeah, smashed into the Dartmouth hole. Smashed me. Anyway, yeah, so 2007, I had to do these push ups, 60 push ups, bung them out. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, fucking good to go, sir. He's like, yeah, all right. Uh, uh, whatever soon it was, I can't remember. And, yeah, you're on Timor. Uh, go back down, get your documents, march into uh, Bravo Company. So I went back to my room, fucking popped a couple of fucking tramadols. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, yeah, Timor, mate. Yeah, 2000, 2007, I yeah. think. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. It would have been May 2007. It was only a three-month trip. Okay. Uh, it's when the presidential elections were going on. Yep. Um, so at that stage, the riots kicked off again and it was just looting and people setting fire to stuff. And I remember we flew over in uh, a private, you know, just a commercial commercial jet, uh, 737, and um, in civvies as well. I think we flew over in civvies. No, that's probably, I think it must have been we were flying back. I've got a photo. Must have been we were flying back. I was in business class too. I was lacking. I was. And, yeah, man, I, I, I don't really remember too much about Timor. Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've got pretty bad, like, probably head knocks and probably too many fucking mortars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably tail fin blowing off a mortar. Not enough mortars. Didn't, didn't help. And, you know, I think they've done a study these days about, you know, firing uh, 84s and stuff. You know, and you can fire, like, two in a day or some shit. And, yeah. You know, fuck, that was all those times. Like, you're shooting 66s through your legs and shit. And <laughs> yes. 84s and... Fuck. Setting them up on delay and fucking, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we fired plenty of fucking mortars too. But, um, yeah, I remember getting to Timor. And, obviously, again, this is, you know, my first deployment with, you know, chest rig full of fucking ammunition, couple of grenades... You know, smoke grenades, you know, f- fully gat, ready to roll. You know, I was like, oh, just a young guy in Timor for the first time and had a really good section and, yeah, mate, just regular Timor, just patrolling around. Nothing really happened in Timor. It was just, you know, a few riots here and there, shooting a few 40 – I had the 40 mil, so, you know, f- shooting a few um, – Beanbag rounds. Or? Gas canisters. Oh, cool. Gas ones, yeah. yeah, dunk, yeah. Dunk. And, uh, yeah, mate, because, yeah, it was just – Timor. Yeah. Great. It was a great place. Beautiful place. Did you ever um, come across any SF dudes there, two commando SASR sort of guys? Because I know they were doing a, a bit of stuff. It's not actually that well known, but they, they were doing a few little things in, in uh, Timor around that time. So. Yeah, well, they were chasing old Alfredo Ronaldo, Pasta. Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo. I'm not up to speed on yeah, the Timor. Yeah, I just call him Alfredo Pasta. <laughs> yeah. He was just chasing that bloke. But, yeah, mate, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think we're pretty isolated. Like, yes, we were in Dili, but it was, uh, if anyone remembers it, we we're in this uh, bus, old bus station. So it had this tower right in the middle. And the CSM lived up there. And uh, one night he got gassed <laughs> by gas grenades. You know, the old infamous story of the gas grenade getting smashed in the CSM. It actually happened. Okay. I was there, yeah. What? Because he was a massive fuckwit? Yeah, he was a massive fuckwit. Des- probably deserved, deserved it. Deserved it, yeah. Probably could have killed him too. Oh, well. Because he came. Bowling out these stairs, rolling down them, and 
you know, you know, that's, there was a few things on that, on that trip. It was just typical three hour, I guess. Like it was just, it was, it was one of the most professional battalions that I've worked with, but also one of the loosest, like when they got loose, they got fucking loose. Shit, yeah. They got loose. Like uh, I know for a fact before we got there, they were banned from Queensland from one stage, you know, the premier's like, yeah, yeah, they banned, they're just like, nah. Send them back to fucking Sydney and they can stay there. Yeah, like, I heard that. Yeah. That was like years ago that I heard. I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was I think 2000, that 2005 Cattle was the first time we were back since the banning. So sure. we were on pretty fucking harsh rules. We, I don't think we went out. I don't okay. think we were allowed to go out. And obviously we fucked up again. That's Standard. Standard. Standard three hour. But um, yeah, mate, I remember that day uh, when old mate got gassed. My, my section was at the A-Pod. Uh, Johnny Howard was in town. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, and the rest of my section were looking after his jet and parting form of the, the PSD, helping out the, well, I guess, the cats or Tugumano who was looking after him or the feds. And I got stabbed to teach English. English. In- English. <laughs> I got stabbed to teach English at a, at a Timorese school, which turned out to be a really fucking fun two weeks. You know, I went to this, it was probably about four of us, I think, and uh, one of these blokes, he's passed away since. Um, he was actually, fuck, he was murdered in Sydney. Jesus. Yeah, long story. Anyway, um, yeah, so it was about four of us and uh, Michael Fussell. He was our boss yeah, for that. Okay. Yeah, Another so, guy that yeah, passed yeah, away, yeah. Yeah, shit. yeah, so Fuss passed away in Afghanistan as well, uh, 2007, I think. Yeah. Eight on, no, 2009. I don't know, we'll have to check I that. couldn't tell you, yeah. That was 2009, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or seven. Right. Should know it. And, yeah, so he was the boss and great, great guy, mate. Like, t- typical just subby back then. You know, he was training. I remember this is when he was training for SF as well. So I think that's why he got stabbed to do that because he was training for SF at that stage. So we ended up, you know, there's about five or six of us would patrol to this school, couple of K patrol. Post up for the day, put the guns aside. One bloke had to, you know, pick up the fucking guns and just te- teach English. Yeah, shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, the fuck? How did yeah, you fucking do oh, that? Mate, I was just a dumb grunt. You're I'm like, like, hello, I'm going to teach plurals? you Engli- What's that? English. Yeah. There, there was no, te- no technology. 500 pronouns. Yeah. You choose which one you want. <laughs> yeah, so you can only imagine how these kids turned out. You know, they go around going, barracuda, barracuda. <laughs> just, just airborne, airborne. <laughs> noodle, noodle. Because rice, I think rice. it was one of the biggest things. Like, all these kids were just screaming at airborne, airborne, airborne. Like, yeah, just smashing. Anyone they see airborne. Fuck Shit. you, Pogue, airborne. <laughs> yeah. They were coming out with everything. And obviously we taught them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did they learn this? Ah, <laughs> uh, must have been <laughs> some no, other battalion. Yeah, it must I don't have been know. from fucking Agro's cartoon connection. <laughs> yeah, cheese TV. But yeah. Uh, yeah, mate, that was that was Timor. And cool. yeah, great, great little great place, mate. We we did a few little touristy things as well. We went to that big Jesus statue and I remember yeah, that okay. we hiked up there and went to the beach a few times and trained a fair bit and yeah, mate. Yeah, just and just the regular patrolling through the streets and doing that team. Hey, it's funny, like talking about it now. I can smell it. You know, you can you got that yeah, okay. you know, same thing when I talk about Afghanistan. I can start smelling, walking. I can smell fucking human feces. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about the jumping, I, I can smell the the jet fuel. That's what I mean. Like it's cr- that's you know, fuck. Some would say that's PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mate, that's it's crazy. Yeah, but that was Timor, mate. Yeah, great. It was great exposure. I guess I was lucky that I had the Operation Relax as well. So. Yeah. You know, I got my first gong there and then get another gong, you know, gong or two for Timor and finally got my first deployment. Yeah. 
What about um, because yeah, you'd have been used to like living out of pack and that so that type of stuff and and uh, packing up and using as little gear as you can. Um, how how um how soon after you got back from there did you go to Afghan? Because you went in two thousand eight with support company, am I right? Yeah, so it was April two thousand eight, and I, you know th- there's eight eight or nine months in between. Okay. Yeah. That yeah was and obviously, just... we had a three months uh, mission rehearsal MRE yeah. before we went to Afghanistan. So I remember getting back to the battalion after Timor. Don't know what we did in between. Must have been just a whole bunch of. I went back to mortars. Yep. So back to mortar platoon. And I'm guessing just a whole bunch of mortar exercises as per usual. Just a regular touch footy every morning, knocking off early, going to Northies every, you know, every Sunday. Just a regular third battalion stuff. <laughs> Northies. <laughs> Could you Bay? Could yeah, no, we never went to Could you Bay. It was too cool for us. Oh really? Yeah. We didn't even go to the uh I think they call it the Pav now. What was it called back in the day? The uh Yeah, I know they were talking about. Would you anyway? Yeah. It was the Pav. It was, it was the Pav. Yeah, it's p- pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah, it was still called that. What is it now? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's still called that, isn't it? Nah. I don't know. Nah, it had a different name before. Was it? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Anyway, it's all good. That's where SF went. <laughs> we weren't cool enough. We didn't wear Oakleys. Oh, fuck, man. That's where I went. <laughs> um, yeah, mate. Yeah, so it would have been about eight months in between. As I said, we come December, uh, stand down for Christmas. And then I remember, actually, before that, you know, they, they we didn't know who was going to Afghanistan. They We got told the Afghan trip was coming up. Bravo company ended up getting all these T-shirts made up, the whole fucking company. Bravo Company, 2008 Afghanistan, and fucking we all got out in the parade ground. It might have been just before Christmas too. Like, CEO got us out there. And he's basically like, all right, boys, fucking support company. <laughs> going to Afghanistan. And we're like, yeah. And, and Bravo came like, fuck you. Where did you get your fucking T-shirts? Yeah, I know, like, dickheads. I remember that. Fuck it, they're listening. If they're watching. There'll be some out there going, probably still got that T-shirt. Yeah, there's probably some fucking yeah. <laughs> Bravo Company. find it. Hopefully someone's got it. Do you have a photo of it? But... um. Yeah, mate, uh, I remember <coughs> getting back in – sorry, mate, I'm still fucking struggling from this uh, flu. Oh, mate, I'm the same. Mm. I'm fucking still – I've been I've been crook for like a month on and off. Hey, Piss me off. Yeah. I'm like, fucking get sick of, of, or not. Yeah, Fuck mate. Off. Fuck. Absolutely smashed me. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, I remember we got back in January and that's when we had to start our mission rehearsal. January, February, March. Yeah, that sounds about right. Up to Brisbane, I'm pretty sure. Yep. We did. I think we did a little bit of mission rehearsal in in um, Holsworth. This is back in the day too. So you know, early two thousand, late two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I think we did some in two thousand seven. We were cruising around Liverpool and like, dude, yeah, no shit. In fucking, I'm pretty sure we had bushies or aslabs. I can't remember, but it was pretty pretty real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. You want you want to train? Yeah. You want to yeah. train for the Middle East? You just go to Liverpool. Yeah, man. But that, I, that I do remember cruising sure. around in Aslabs. It might have been Aslabs, I'm pretty sure. But I can't remember. Anyway, so yeah, uh, mission rehearsal, go to Brisbane, uh, Shoalwater Bay, Tin Ken, Tin Ken Bay. Not sure. Uh, work out, ba- basically base out of Anogra for that, you know, two, three months, I'm pretty sure, which was good because obviously my family's, everyone's in Brisbane, so I got to see my family a fair bit. And yeah, mate, yeah, cracked on with... Uh, Mission rehearsal. I don't really remember too much about uh, MRE. Obviously, getting all your all your kit, all your fucking uh, desert cams back then. Obviously, the cams were a lot different, different color. Getting all your kit. Uh, you started getting a bit of the Gucci kit started to come out. You know, wet weather gear. We're like, yeah, <laughs> where are they been hiding this stuff? It was a little bit suave. Yeah, yeah, a little bit suave stuff. And but the kit, you know, most of the kit was still shit. Like we were still most of the blokes had H harnesses and 
so everyone obviously went out and paid their own money. Sword, sword was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, then. sword, yeah. Um, in Timor, I run a plat attack chess rig, and then uh, Afghanistan, I, I and I spent a couple hundred bucks on a on a sword sword platform. I used to run the sword. Oh, as it was well. great. It was yeah. great, great bit of kit back then. Way better than the army stuff, obviously. And a Pac Man, obviously Pac Man at Hosworthy before he passed away. Yeah, he was fixing everyone's packs. My pack was fucking mint. Like it was fuck. I loved it. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mission rehearsal. I, I, again, mate. I don't really remember too much about doing. I remember patrolling through Gympie or somewhere. I can't. Might have been Shoalwater, the local town, and just cruising through like past people's houses and people open the door and looking out and they just see all these soldiers night vision. I'm like. <laughs> Hopefully they've been told. Get back inside. But yeah, yeah. And then I think we did, you know, a few little fake contacts. Obviously, oh, they must have sent out like pamphlets and said, oh, the army's coming through. They're going to be training for Afghanistan. Remember, ended up people's backyards and stuff like that. Just, you know, searching stuff that, you know, allows us to, I think they went to each of the houses and said, oh, can we use these houses to search, you know, do some back, you know, backyard searches and stuff. Yeah. So it was actually like pretty, it was decent. Yeah, you know, for for the time we probably can't do that no more. People freak out. Oh yeah. Well, I just saw recently there was a, a, an army publication. I saw that picture. Yeah, walking past like a Coles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I think it was on like the um, Missouri Missouri Digger. Digger or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're walking down the street, so keeping yeah. the prices down, down. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> one. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I um, maybe they still do it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess don't so. Know. Yeah. But there was, uh, I, I guess, what the training we did was pretty pretty accurate to. I guess what we were going to do eventually, but it was a pretty new concept, the old Afghanistan thing for the regular infantry. You know, this was our first deployment for three hour to a, a, a battlefield that was non-existent. We had blokes that went to Iraq that, you know, it was a different, different layout. And we're still reeling from that Vietnam era, you know, stand to and yeah. stuff like that, which, you know, when we got into countries, a lot of that stuff went straight out the door because they're like, what are we standing to for when we got fucking PWS up there with fucking thermal imaging that can shoot out and we got fucking, you know, drones up there and fucking Spectre gunships flying around and, you know, giving updates to, you know, to the JTAC on the ground, you know. So a lot of that stuff went out the door eventually. They're like, we don't need to fucking stand to anymore. We just maintain the, the vehicles that are watching because, you know, can't do any better than thermals. Yeah. But yeah, mate, yeah, uh, Afghanistan. So what about um, just backing up a little bit? Um, were you because I'm pretty sure that RDF two because you were RDF four, four right? Yep. Pretty sure RTF two and three would have got into a few contacts, particularly RDF two. Yeah, um, I think they they had a, they probably had some of the biggest contacts. RTF two did. Yeah, RTF three lost uh, tr- uh, trooper Poppy Pierce just before we got there. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. I remember that episode you did with Mick. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about that. It was that. Well, I think it was even the Hoto Patrol, wasn't it? Uh, I, I think so. I, yeah. I, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure the exact date when he was lost. But obviously, that was when they when they renamed that Poppy Cafe. We had that little oh, cafe yeah, that was okay. built in. Um, I'm not sure if it was there when. Uh, we went through oh, you didn't go there. UAE. Yeah. We didn't yeah, go to right. Kuwait. You went to Iraq. Yeah. Um, Same as Afghan. We went, went through. Um, Kuwait. Um, no, no. We went through El Minhad. Oh, did you? UAE. Yes. It's, oh, so yeah. For us, we went through Kuwait. Yeah. So this is back when that Kuwait base was still still up and running. And I remember Fat Ali was like just oh pizza Burger shopping. King yeah pizza hut those yeah oh fuck mate it was like my dream come through so we spent a week in Kuwait. And then uh, acclimatized and flew into Afghanistan, mate, with uh, with Hamish and Andy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. your party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so were you, what sort of feedback were you hearing from guys coming back from Afghan? You met the contacts and you've obviously we've lost a few IEDs. dudes at this stage. IEDs were the, the prominent thing at that stage. Um, I guess that's when they started coming in and obviously again tropi- uh, Trooper Poppy Pierce was killed by the IED and that's I think that that RTF3 they copped a fair bit you know there was I think they found a fair bit yeah and I guess the Taliban were changing their they understood that we we're just going to be vehicle mounted everyone's going to be vehicle SF or two commander would and SASR were just basically vehicle mounted as well yeah um, I do one of those big long patrols with 30 day oh, patrols dude, and stuff and dude I remember that when we first again probably going forward a little bit but when we first got to Afghanistan we first went out to the Bluetooth Valley punch out there for the we did a bit of recon to build that new that base patrol base kudos yeah yeah okay so that was our role well you know I, obviously that was our role for the engineers to build that base and we would obviously do the clearing patrols and you know the the combat patrols etc and yeah mate, we'll roll out there with like fucking 300 fucking vehicles and semi-trailers and like, oh, fuck, we are screaming for an ID right now. Yeah. We are screaming for one. Yeah. And uh, they found a few on the way. I remember that, that you know, the f- my first, again, so we flew in with Hamish and Andy. They were there for about a week and it was great to have them there. And we spoke, I remember getting a photo. I've got a photo with them somewhere. It was it was just weird because it was Hamish and Andy and they were, they were big at that Oh, stage, that's when they were yeah. pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Massive. And... I think after that first week, we acclimatized to Afghanistan. Did a couple of nursery patrols just in Tarankat itself. And Tarankat at that 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 stage was there was Taliban there, but obviously they were quite discreet about what they were doing. And it was pretty, you know, a relatively safe area, I, I, I guess. I'm, and I might be wrong. There was always the int threat, so like you get the int brief before you go out. And all this. Terry Taliban's out there with his brown hijab on and fucking... He's got a beard, yeah. He's got a beard and he's driving a yellow Corolla. Like, you drive out there and you're like... He's got a white Hilux. Yeah, he's got a white <laughs> Hilux and you go out there and there's like 400 white Hilux in there. <laughs> <laughs> great, great intel again. Thanks, <laughs> Thank guys. You. He looks like Jafar from Aladdin. <laughs> oh, fucking all right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I reckon it was two weeks before we headed out in that big... Uh, I think we must have headed out there first to do a recon and then we must have headed out there again. I honestly, I can't remember. I remember heading out there for the first time and this is where it kind of got real because, again, we found some IEDs uh, laid just before the Baluchi Valley and this is like the first time. We, it's crazy because we dismounted and there was probably about oh, maybe 20 koalas around, which is the, the mud huts, the houses, yep. koalas what they call them. And... Basically, the boss is like, stack up, let's go. We're going to kick down every fucking door until we find out who fucking laid these IEDs. Obviously, there was no one around. Combat <laughs> yeah. indicator. Yeah. Absolutely no one. I think they ended up blowing, it, blowing the IEDs in place. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they left it for the yeah, fucking just like, just, just drive around just them. Covered just covered it back up. <laughs> witches hats around them. Just drive around them. And, yeah, we, we, I remember we kicked down every single fucking door there in those 20 koalas and I was fucking – my sphincter was like this because I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? Like this is – Yeah, I'm Holy shit, this is the real deal. Like, yes. Like, I don't know what's behind this fucking battle. door. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's behind this door. There were a couple of people in some of these uh, compounds but to the extent of how many people should have been there, the, 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 obviously they knew the IDs were there. That's, again, you know that combat indicator. And, yeah, we didn't find it. I think we found some fucking paraphernalia and stuff like that but nothing to the extent. Cleared yeah. – Blew the IDs, moved across to the Bluchi Valley. And again, I think there's a main road that goes all the way through there now, I'm pretty sure. There is. Yeah. When I was there, there was a paved road 
it was paved to a certain point, I think. Sorry, you did go to Afghanistan, didn't you? That's yeah, right, yeah, the three yeah. Hour, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. You let Hat McTullough go away. Yeah, well, he, I, yeah, I, right. I let him go run, up yeah, the paved right. road. I was, like, away, yeah. I was like, yeah. he's not that bad. Good, Good on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man, because I thought about that after and I was like, I was trying to remember the sequence of events. Mate, it's crazy. That is one of the craziest stories, like just because it could have been. Uh, exactly, and and it that's why I was thinking about like what was the sequence of events like. And whenever, you, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but whenever you thought about that, like whenever you actually, you know, you thought about it until we spoke about it. I hadn't. I literally hadn't thought yeah. about it until then because like, it crossed my mind. I thought, fuck, I can't just let him go. Yeah, well, that, we sort of. It wasn't till after, and like, I don't think even at the time I realised what because they were just like, oh, there's a vehicle coming through, let him through. Because we'd already moved the bushy on the road, so we we moved out and we had to let this. It was a police car, A and P. Uh, I think it was even one of those army ones, the the green, yeah, the green ones yeah. with A&A. the lights on it. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it would have been an A and A one, right? And it was going up the road, and Wrong we they were just like, oh, let him let him through. And I remember me and that other dude. We looked at each other and we were like, oh, I thought there was something going on down there, but I just don't remember the sequence of events. If we knew that our guys had been killed yet or if it was um, there was an incident or what happened or whatever it was. So, yeah, it got me thinking. I was like, fuck, what was the – yeah, when do we realise that we fucking – that might have been him. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking fuck, – That's – yeah. I when mean – One day there'll be like some parallel universe where you can look back and go, fuck. Yeah. The, mate, the like the balls on him though, if, it, if, it, if that was him. Fuck, if it's the only way out. If that was him, yeah, one paved road. And fuck, it's, it's probably, you know – that's what they do. They disguise yeah. themselves as women and children sometimes. And fuck, why not better in a fucking A and A vehicle? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. But um, yeah, we talk, talk about that road, right? Um, yeah. So that that road's obviously built. We didn't have none of that. There was no fucking roads back then. Yeah. You know, when I went through, there was no road. You know, there was oh, no. There br- was bump holes in it. Yeah. And I was there, like fucking. There was on no the bridge. Side of road. Yeah. There was no bridge. That was part of our engineer's job was to build that bridge. I think they started building that bridge. Oh, so. from the Baluchi Pass across the. Through yeah, yep. through that massive fucking choke point, and then I remember you pass that bridge and then you turn right, and that's when it took you up to Kudos, uh, on the other side of the, on the north northwestern side. Oh fuck, I forgot, man. I think we're thinking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, mate. As I said, yeah, first two weeks, you know, kicking down doors and just you know, foreign concept to me. You know, and we only knew basic fucking CQB back then, method of entry they called it. Yeah, and. Yeah, mate, that was the first time I guess it was real. It was an IED and we're, we're kicking down doors and eventually we get to Kudos and where Kudos was set up, that's where all the engineers and all that set up, we set up on a hill just directly to the south of it, southwest of it, and it was fucking just barren. Actually, before that we stayed at, uh, I think we stayed a night at um, a patrol base Worsley. It was that patrol base just before that that area. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm starting to piece it together yeah. slowly because yeah, it's, f- it's all coming back now. A bit further up the valley, we had uh, Michal. Yep, that which was closer to Duraywood. Oh, sorry, I'm getting Baluchi and Duraywood mixed up. That's why I was. I Duraywood was, was southwest, and it was a big open area. Yes, right, and yes. then Baluchi was further up, but it yeah, was a it bit was more big narrow. Open, yeah, Duraywood was big open area with. Uh, we went there once or twice. Big open area. And then the village, like right on the mountains. Yes. Like just closer to the mountains. Yeah, yeah. And it, all the vehicles would mount up, all the, the Aslabs would mount up on that on that feature on Duraywood so they could fucking watch us walk down. and. Yeah, because you could see pretty much the whole area, right? Yes, that was Duraywood. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, because then yeah. Baluchi was further up. That's what yeah, I was thinking, the yeah. Baluchi Valley Pass, which is the… Um, so the pass and then you got the valley itself. Yes, yep. yeah, but the valley was barren, right? And then you go into the Chora Valley and it was green. No, the Baluchi Valley was green. Oh, it was all green. Yeah, <laughs> that was my… I don't that know was, where I am. Yeah, that was my AO. Yeah, So okay. as far as we could go was, I think where Signal and McCarthy was hit by that ID, we were there. We were just obviously it was like two k's from Kudos, and we heard it all go down, and we we um parted uh, part of the cordon out of cordon for it. Yeah, shit. Okay. Yeah, and I think that was the extent of our AO, which in obviously the next AO was Chora, yeah. Chora Valley. Yeah. Okay. So you know every every time we patrol that AO, we'd l- literally just you know move an extra hundred meters and just try and po- you know poke the bear type thing. Nothing ever happened. But um yeah mate yeah obviously we we. Get up on this bloody hill in um, Kudos, just just across from Kudos, from where they eventually built it, and built our bloody lived out field for three months. Like lived out, I don't. No one's ever lived out field that long since bloody Vietnam. Really? Yeah. Oh mate, shit. We showered maybe a handful of times. Yeah. Um, lived in pits, so we had the engineers come out, f- build full on fucking fighting pits. Full, you know. Little pits, like like there was probably the height in it. It was probably about that high. Yeah, so you could duck so down to get away. Duck from down. A, a frag had, we had we all had swags as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we all had swags. It was I think it was a bit of a recurring thing. So the battalion that were leaving, they would sell their fucking swags off for hundred bucks, put full of jizz, <laughs> <laughs> rotten dogs. Yeah. And then we do the same, fill ours full of jizz, and then pass them on to the next battalion that come along. Five or seven, I can't remember. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, mate, lived in those pits for near on three months, I reckon, while they were building uh, kudos and every day just heading out for patrols. Yeah. So what was what was the tempo like then? Was it pretty pretty high tempo in terms of like, your activity? Patrolling? Oh, mate, every single day. Yeah. Every single day, without doubt, we're out and patrolling. And, you know, when I say out patrolling, we're going, you know, easily 10 clicks, cl- 10 clicks a day. Minimal food. You know, I went out at 100 kilos and I lost – you know, when I left Afghanistan in 2008, I lost, you know, 17, 18 kilos. Shit. I look like fucking ET, mate. Jesus. There was no food, no water, you know, and I've spoken about this before. You know, it was I've, – I've got PTSD when it comes to fucking warm – drinking warm water. <laughs> I'll never fucking drink warm – if it's – if some can't – at a fucking restaurant comes up to me and gives me warm water, I'll fucking I'll smash it with a glass. glass him, yeah. I'll glass him. <laughs> Don't ever fucking bring me warm water because that's all we lived off was warm water. Like literally go have a sip and it's just warm it's water. Insane. I'm like, fuck, oh, fuck this. And you wanted to drink the fucking river water, but you could see fucking Muhammad fucking showering up the fucking river. A little bit further. It, yeah. <laughs> so we'd, ha- we'd tie the water bottles off and, you know, dangle them in the water just to try and cool them down a bit. And it'll be enough just to get yeah. them cool or... Jam them in the the bushes. Uh, aircon broke out all the all the, oh, the vents. The vents broke them all out, so we could jam fucking water bottles in there to keep them cool. And we lived off ration packs for the whole time. There was no Ugh. there was no no kitchen, no mess, no nothing. How long was the whole trip? Eight months, I'm pretty sure. Fuck me, and yeah. three of them was out scrub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even more, mate. I, honestly, again, I can't really remember too much about it. We copped a whole bunch of uh, um, one oh seven. Oh, indirect. That was yeah, that yeah. was that was a common thing. Like they come screaming in every every few days, because as you've seen with the Blue Valley, it was literally where Kudos was. It was just the fucking 
behind it there was a mountain in front of it was a mountain all the way along it was just mountains and i was looking not so long ago on the on the map going fuck now i remember there was the pearl feature there was this other feature that we'd always cop rockets from mate i remember it used to have a tip and one day we're getting we got smashed by three or four rockets from it they come flying actually mind you and this is mre they're like 107s they're not accurate fucking <laughs> hell who fucking come out of that bullshit i mean the first time we got smashed by one of those sevens they were like there was dudes getting like fucking shrap just flying straight over their heads and stuff like it was fucking accurate as fuck bro i'm pretty sure pretty sure that's me on that feature you're talking about there either either this one or this one pretty sure that's me on the feature that's that uh yes i think it's the first one that's where the old russian fighting pits were yeah yeah that's the, the one i know the exact i watched some dude fuck his uh fuck a horse or a, a donkey or whatever From it was there, yeah or um oh, i used to have this mad video of me yeah, fall, falling know, asleep on picket dude, i know the exact i've got the probably i've got it so my hard drive that i had was damaged water damage or something oh. so i'm trying to get it fucking recovered i was been speaking to someone down in melbourne they reckon they can do it so and it's got all those photos on from those pits the exact same fucking pits mate yeah that we wait i remember it because the russian pits because yeah. obviously the russians got absolutely i remember we got a bit of a history lesson about the blue valley the russians got absolutely fucking massacred like massacred in the blue valley yeah um and obviously they had all those fighting pits all the way along it but uh yeah mate yeah yeah we, we got smashed by rockets a fair bit and i remember this feature it, it kind of looked like it looked like a fucking prominent feature i remember a few times um because we had harrier jump jets back then the uk the, oh, the, yeah the uk take yeah off the uk had the J harrier jump jets and i remember the jtac would have his fucking laser fucking things and he'd hand them over and we're like oh yeah it's like old sick. falcons war yeah sort of I, remember, I remember standing right next to jtac i was like man can i have a go i'm fucking getting these laser laser fucking pointer thing whatever the fuck he's using and point it at a target and this Harry jump jet had his fucking laser pointing down at the same. I was like, oh, shit. He goes, how do we get this to fucking work? And he goes, I'll just call it in. I'm like, oh, fucking I do it. He goes, nah, I better, I better do it. <laughs> you just slowly start. I'm just, 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 just over the green belt. <laughs> fucking that boom. Zap <laughs> that cunt. But, yeah, this feature looked like that. And by the end of it, it was fucking gone. There was no feature. <laughs> it just turned into <laughs> just a, 2, just a molehill. Yeah, yeah, I remember a few times I dropped like 1,000 pounds, a couple of 2,000 pounders and just – just level this feature. Nice. Because it, it was kind of at that stage where they would, we'd see a light at night in the hill and that was like a no-no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were like, fuck, there's a light up there, fucking laser, fucking 1,000 pounder and just... Yeah. Fuck, if you're in the hills, that was it. That was game over. Because, again, they were setting these these 107s. We end up going to, up to one of those features. Massive stomp. Obviously, Afghan is already at 2,000 fucking metres above sea level. These features, another 2,000. So you're almost at a base camp fucking <laughs> <laughs> elevation. Yeah. Fingered. By the time you get up there, it's like, fuck, just, I'm, I'm going to roll back down this motherfucker. I'm done with this. I remember getting up the top of this feature uh, to find the poo, the point of origin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we got smashed by, I don't know, four or five rockets or whatever it was. As you know, mate, by the time you get up there, they're fucking they're long gone. gone. Or they're it's on a, on a fuse and it's. That's it. They set them on. We went up there and I've got a photo of it. They've got. They had uh, a washing, ma washing machine fucking head, like two or three of them with the, you know, the turny fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, like an egg timer sort of thing. Just turned up. Because I remember we smashed it with mortars. The boys smashed it with mortars. So I, I went over as mortars, but I was dismounted mortars. Yeah. So we didn't carry any mortars. We just had a section that was just as the mortar platoon. 
And um, so we end up becoming, yeah, I did dismount of patrol. Went up there, yeah, as I said, mate, washing machine timers is fucking like ingenuous shit. By yeah, the time yeah. we've 25 mil up there just laying onto it and they're, they're long gone. They're fucking dish dashed out of there. Yeah. Gone. They're uh, industrious little buggers, eh? Yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah, as I said, but yeah, the tempo, yeah, just patrolling every day and you hear over the ICOM chatter all the time. They'd be like, oh, we've placed an IED out for you. We under, you know we can see the we can see the, they called us the red rats. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the bushies had the big red kangaroos on the side of them. Oh. So they thought they were fucking rats, not fucking kangaroos. <laughs> obviously, no TV. Um, but another funny story actually is the kids. Obviously, you know, you know, fact it would be the same kids that come up from these same villages every time. And Mister Mister Pen Pen Pen, you give them a pen and it turns into pen a fucking flare, but. yeah, turns into yeah, t- fucking. I think we got banned from using them for a while because one bloke shot himself in the fucking eye with one. And oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good mate of mine. Yeah. Good mate of mine. Good but guy. Uh, he, he stole the fucking CFL course off me. The fuck. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was supposed to do a CFL course, and he ended up taking it. Then he went on to be a PDI. So yeah, like, right. Yeah, right. But too, I yeah. remember like cruising through fucking Tarrant County, and fuck you, just like pen flaring. It's like a fucking, it's like a fireworks display. Just and they like boys just hold off on the fucking pen flares for a little bit. Yeah, Just shooting them at everything. It's like <laughs> 2000 like Sydney Harbour. <laughs> but, um, well, fuck, where was I? I had to say. Yeah, just fucking, just patrolling, mate. Just yeah. just doing the thing and copping rockets, plenty of ideas. That's, that's right. Um, we'd hear the, the, the Taliban, you know, they'll be like, yeah, we can see the red rats are going out patrol. Play, we're going to place some IDs. So they put some IDs down for us. And just thinking about it now, I thought, fuck, how many IEDs did did I miss? Again, like if, we, if there was a parallel universe, we could look back and go, fuck, how many times did I s- near step one? Yeah. Because I remember there was this one night they put one out for us, went out patrol, they knew we were going out patrol, heard them on ICOM again, yep. Red Rats going out patrol. Went out patrol, I was the lead scout for the whole fucking platoon. 30 blokes, I'm the fucking six foot four fucking <laughs> magnet at the front. Stepping away, and you know it doesn't even cross your mind. You just patrol as normal. Fuck it, if it is what it is, you know whatever. Patrol along, did the thing. I don't even know where we're going. Ended up patrolling back. Next day, this Hilux comes cruising down. Would have been about ten fucking camel jockeys in the back of it, and it's fucking just gone, fucking bang, absolutely. And I remember this because I was taking a photo at the same time, and I took a photo and I heard this bang. I'm like fuck, what have I done? <laughs> has this set off something like is there a remote detonator or no something shit. Was yeah. it, do you have the photo still or Mate, you're obviously I, trying to get it yeah, from your hard drive yeah so it, it's got the it's got the the bang went off before so the cloud's gone up and I've taken a photo and obviously by that time we've heard the noise so I've got a bit of the fucking the splash in the background no shit and it was only about a kilometre away so you could see the yeah I mean so, one, one K if it's a half decent ID still, yeah. you still feel a big fucking yeah, so this is one of the IEDs they put down for us. So we went, end up going down there and there was, fuck, dude. You know that scene in Predator where there's like just dudes hanging from fucking trees? Yeah. That's exactly what it fucking looked like. Yeah. And this was like my first exposure. I've seen a little bit in Timor. There was a couple of car crashes and, you know, dead people here and there. But this was the first time I've seen absolutely, I've got it all fucking, got some fucking happy snaps of it. It's all fucking, again, it's all lost. Yeah. I remember this Hilux, again, it would have been... The dude doing your hard drive is going to get fucking PDS. I know, yeah. Be like, Fuck, dude. You'll be on ABC. Like. My little bean on there too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, can you recover it but yeah. just not look at it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, just uh, take that photo. But anyone with my little soy bean, get a fucking... <laughs> can you edit that, make it bigger? <laughs> make it bigger. 
And uh, yeah, this Hilux went down there. I remember we went down, we patrolled down there, check it out, obviously just to see what's going on. And fuck, it was as I said, it was like predator, dude. It was there was dudes hanging from like half bodies hanging from trees. There was this dude, the dude that was driving it. He's fucking. He must have survived somehow. The, the ID hit the front of it. He he didn't survive. He survived initially. He must have opened his door and just fucking. Obviously went to step out. No fucking no lower body. All oh, right. I like just fucking. Yeah, just fucking. So he didn't realise. He was nah, just sitting in the driver's seat. He's just opened the door, thought he could fucking get out, and he's obviously got out, and no fucking, no trotters. Fucking just <laughs> dead on the ground. No so this is my first exposure to kind of this this type of fucking trauma. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is this is hectic. And it was really weird because it was right next to a cemetery as well, and everyone that they killed, they were, they were losing the plot. All the families coming around, they're like, all these family members, it was all these little villages was, was that from that village. They've all come out screaming, yelling, fucking crying, picking up. Because you know, as you know, with uh, the Muslim uh, culture or religion, they've got to bury them within 24 hours. And we were sitting, my, it was me and another bloke, he, he'll hopefully be listening. Good, great guy. And um, you drop his name? Nah, we'll keep it out. We'll keep all right, it out. yeah. yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Some people like it, some people don't. And we're sitting on this uh, feature and this feature turned out to be the fucking cemetery. So... It was just spooky in a way. And then I remember turning around and seeing a fucking hand there. I'm like, oh, the fuck is it? I got, got a fucking photo of it, obviously. Picked it up and. <laughs> and this dude comes running up and, uh, you know, grabs the hand and, you know, they started digging holes for, you know, digging pits for these dudes straight away. Like, literally just burying these bits and pieces and. Shit. Yeah, it was fucking hectic. Like it was full on. That was the first time again. Like I was just like, this is. But you didn't. You didn't know how to take it as a 23, 24 year old. I did. You've been training for all this, and then you see all this carnage. Like Phew. just yeah. taking photos and just lapping it up, having a dari. Interesting. You you talk about that, right? Because um, I remember the first time I saw something like that too, and it was an IED, right? It was a motorbike IED. Um, the guy had his legs blown off, and um, anyway. You get you get the gist. He was he was fucked up, and we treated him, or whatever. Um, but I, I looked at it and I went, "Oh fuck, this is fucking, this is playing for keeps." And then I was like, "Well, oh, well, let's fucking let's yeah. do it then." And it didn't it never bothered me. No, no. You, is that Sa- same thing, mate? Yeah, just, I, I don't know. Is that because you prepared for it? Because I like, guess it's the conditioning that the military does. And back then again, PC didn't fucking care. No one cared about PC. No one cared about fucking this or that. Exposed you, and for known fact, back then there were videos on the DRN that were getting shared around via email of all that they called them arousals back then. Yeah, you know, like before a lesson, you'd watch an arousal of some fucking Chechen rebel getting his fucking head cut off. You know what I mean? That was an arousal. Yeah, that was accepted back in you know the, the early two thousands. No one batted an eyelid about it. You know now they'd fucking fall over and have a heart attack. Now you know, imagine some pogue watching some Chechen rebel get his head off. He, they pass out on the spot. Yeah. But that was an arousal. They called it an actual arousal. You know, we'd watch, a, you know, age 64 was fucking a video of just an age 64 just ripping in, just cunting people up. And we're just like, yes. And it was that song, um, Let the Body the bo- the I was just about yeah. to say Let that one. Yeah. Drowning Pool. That was massive back then. Yeah, yeah. Every, every arousal, every fucking lesson we did, there was an arousal. So I guess that's what it was. It was conditioning of... Uh, Changing our concepts of, you know, or de- desensitizing in a way. Yeah. Of what we've seen. And obviously you see it and you're just like, yeah, right, fuck. That's, that's interesting. 
that's pretty fucking wild. You know, you, you don't get affected by it. Yeah. And then later on down the track, I guess you don't get affected by it. But I look back now and go, I can, I can see it. I can still smell it. You understand it. You're like, fuck. That was that's pretty fucking wild for a young guy to see. Because most twenty three year olds at that stage are back here in fucking Sydney. You know, going on all these every weekend just. Yeah, doing like or Bachelor of Arts and wanking off on the weekend. Yeah. yeah, and my first job is to fucking, you know, go out and find the Taliban and try and kill the Caprick. You know what I mean? Like, all, all the, you know, their job was to try and kill us. There's not many other jobs out there like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, mate, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of stuff like that. I remember there was a dude rocked up one day, sitting somewhere. I can't remember where we were sitting. He'd come with, like, half a hand, 100% fucking blowing his, blowing, blowing <laughs> his hand goal, with, yeah. a, with a fucking debt. But he's coming. He's like, Mister, Mister, Mister. I'm like, oh, get the fuck away from me! Like, and I had him at gunpoint. I was yeah, like, get the fuck away, dude! Like, take my strong hand. You stink like, too. <laughs> like, and you got fucking half a hand. And these other dudes like, oh, Mister, Mister, Mister. I'm like, fuck off! I called in the boss, and he's like, fucking, just tell him the fuck off. Like, yeah, you've obviously just blown your own fucking hand <laughs> off. And then obviously it turned out there was an ID. The boys rolled over an ID uh, in the river. So when we're building the bridge. There's a few times when we were building the bridge, uh, when the boys were building the bridge, we had a couple of spots in the river uh, on the sides, just obviously protecting the engineers while they were building these bridges. We got smashed with rockets a few times. And uh, I, I become a pretty proficient cook uh, outfield because I love cooking. I love food. I'm a fucking big boy. I love food. And I used to send the kids out to get fucking potatoes. They'd come back with potatoes. Give me, they'd give them fucking whatever the Afghan equivalent currency was, whatever it was, I can't remember. They come back with, you know, two or three potatoes, send them back out, they go get some fucking motor oil or whatever the fuck it was, castor oil, who knows. I'll get the fucking... Probably palm oil. Yeah, probably palm oil, who knows. I'll get the stove out, cut up some fucking chips, mate, get the ration pack fucking tomato sauce, whip up these fucking chips on the fucking boiler, serve it out to the boys and get, you know, get about six six or seven fucking chips each. Nice. fucking sauce on each one. And and then uh, one of the locals taught me how to fucking make a bit of... um, Oh, one of the interpreters taught me how to make the Afghan rice. There's a few times I sent out the kids to get some fucking chickens. Oh, yeah, dude, we we're chopping these fucking chickens' heads off and cooking, gutting these chickens in the fucking river, turning them into fucking little stir fries. Probably got worms. Probably got worms from, but anyway. Oh, I love their food, man. Look, oh, mate, it was great. Iraqi, like Middle Eastern food, mate. Some of the best food I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. There was a few times when we were patrolling around, they'd give us like. Uh, Goat's milk or goat's cheese. Oh, the goat yeah. goat wine. Yeah, it was fucking. And you're not supposed it, to drink it. You it get was fucking tuberculosis. Oh, I, was, I was straight on it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was same. Like, I was like, fuck it. I'll give I'll it. Like, a give me that shit. <laughs> give it a grab. Bang. And then obviously they come out with the the bread all the time as well. The the naan bread. Oh, fuck, mate. mate. Oh. The best. Iraq was the same. Hey, I mean, you you've been there a billion times, but yeah, like, yeah, love, that shit. love it. But I remember watching. We were sitting on a feature one time. We're watching the Dutch. They were in contact, and we're probably about a kilometer from these Dutch guys, just watching them and these. AH-64s coming in, just Dutchies, you can see them. This is the Dutch Commandos, Royal Marine, oh, yeah, okay. Royal Commando, Royal Marine Commando. I don't know, I don't know what they're Something called. Something like that, so, yeah. Um, but they were fucking Marine rip- Commandos, I think. They, they were yeah. ripping in and at that same time, I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking sick of this. So I was watching this house and just see this bird. She was making um, making the fucking arm bread and she's like using her feet and stuff. I was like, <laughs> get fuck, is that how you make it? <laughs> yeah. I'm eating that shit ever fucking again. And I was like, holy shit. But uh, yeah, mate, that was... Fucking that was Afghan. Afghan. That was Afghan, man. I was actually, uh, I had my rockle, did two weeks back in Australia. Oh, you came back I, to I Australia? I came back to Australia, yeah. I had a missus and um, we didn't have a, I had my first kid at that stage and she was only one. She was born in 2007 and um, yeah, come back to Australia. A lot of the boys obviously went to, because the army would fly to Rome and then from there it was 
fuck, two weeks of just, I know a couple of boys just turned it on. Yeah. Yeah. I know one story of a bloke that was, you know, he's actually out west now. Been out there for a very long time, a sniper. Oh, I know. Old sniper. And uh, he got fucking apparently so thumped that he went to the Australian consulate somewhere, might have been Rome or somewhere, and broke in. (laughs) And fell asleep at the fridge. Yeah, did they find him? <laughs> the next making a sandwich. Oh, dude. Yeah. He's like, oh. But, yeah, the boys, yeah, a, few, a few of the stories the boys told me, I'm like, I kind of wish I did it, but, you know, I obviously had a, a family, so I had to come home. And, I don't. again, I don't really remember too much about coming home and going back to Afghanistan again. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure, yeah. it's all a blur, right? Yeah, mate, know, it same is. Same patrols, same place, same And, it, you know, this is 2008, so it was a long time ago now. And Yeah. Yeah, mate, so... Yeah, fuck. Went back, did another four months, and you know there was a couple of ramp ceremonies during that time. Obviously McCarthy. Um, yeah, there was two or three, I think. Aussies, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Two thousand eight. Pretty sure Matt Locke died. Two thousand eight. To look at the list. We talked about it on, on my episode on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah pretty sure it was two thousand eight. Few Matt times, Locke died. and there yeah. was maybe four or five fucking duchies as well. Ugh, jeez. Yeah, I remember the, the Dutch had their commander there and his his son was killed. They were, But Ugh. the duchies would do weird stuff and go out and lock on, you know, with fucking range, Land Rovers and stuff, like 110s and light-skinned vehicles. Like, fucking game, you know. So, yeah, we did a couple of, I reckon did three or four ramp ceremonies. So, again, that was another experience, you know, like. Eye-opener, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, it's. Again, old mate fucking Jono's fucking plumbing away and here's me in a war zone fucking going to ramp ceremonies. You know, people that don't know, but you're just like, fuck, there's, this is a real deal out here. There's like, more this stuff is, this, going this on in the world. Ha- this is happening, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good trip. Uh, I had a couple of really good friends uh, at Two Commando, um, uh, a couple of brothers. I think people, if they're listening, they'll know those two brothers. And they looked after me really well. I hung out with them a fair bit in uh, Cronulla. That's where they lived. We used to surf a fair bit. Back in the day, this was with old Mervyn, Mervyn McDonald as well. Yeah. We used to go surfing like every day down in Cronulla. And, uh, yeah, they looked after me. Obviously, two commando were, you know, four hour at that stage. They were getting all the fucking Gucci stuff. They took me for dinner one time and there was like Alaskan king crab. It was the first time I ever tried Alaskan king crab was in oh. Afghanistan with fucking two commando. That's outrageous. Fucking silver spoons. But they had... I remember they because they were getting Red Bulls or something, and uh, they were getting Mars bars and all the protein bars, and they used to the boys used to ride over in their quads and drop them off. And but uh, one funny thing, like right at the end of Afghanistan, before we left, we had all those fucking alarm clocks, and I'm I, I really wanted to say this on my podcast as well, just for the the town that come in. Maybe there's someone out there that fucking had got this room. We fucking booby trapped this room like a motherfucker. You know, I don't know where you guys lived, but we lived in these uh, 20 foot shipping container type things. Obviously, all, all like in a, in a row, but that's what we lived in. So it was 20 foot shipping container with four beds in each one, like two bunk beds in each one. Is it? No, nah, no. Nah, I, I stayed in, um, we had um, Hesco, Hesco walls. So I was sleeping directly next to the Hesco wall on a. On oh, a so you had a full, like, yeah. Hesco, no, well, we just had like a steel, one of those steel bomb proof roofs. Oh, did you? Ground was, the ground was dirt. We were sleeping on stretches. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. We had the full mortar section in that one room. Oh, ours are pretty, pretty good. We oh. had these 20 foot shipping containers, you know, each, each container. We had our own little TV. We send the Jundi out, Harvey Norman, or Harji Norman, to get the fucking <laughs> uh, cable TV set up. 
Yeah. So you come set the TV up. <laughs> <laughs> it was, hard, it was funny because Hardy Norman was in Kabul. There's a little fucking shop there and we used to call it Hardy fucking Norman. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember, and uh, hopefully someone's out there that fucking that moved into this room or put all the fucking graphite powder on the fucking fans, put it all in the <laughs> fucking, fucking all, all in the fucking shit. air conditioning units. <laughs> so as soon as I turned that fucking air con on, the fucking <laughs> graphite powder would just fly out. We even pulled apart all the fin walls, uh, pulled apart the fucking air conditioning. Had all those fin alarm clocks that sung the Allah up. Oh, the yeah. So we set the, all these for like fucking three a.m. in the morning. <laughs> put multiple. Of, so, <laughs> so if there's someone out there from five or seven, might have been five, might have been five seven actually. I think back then, yeah, I think yeah five seven. So if you if you if it was you, that was me. Classic. That was me in my little <laughs> fucking my room that uh, destroyed your fucking first night in Afghanistan. Oh fuck, that's classic. Classic yeah. diggers, mate. Absolute stitch up, mate. Absolute stitch up. But yeah, mate, Afghan was um, it was an eye opener, and you know only only being young, I was only 24, 24 years old. Yeah. You know, and I look back now and, you know, you look back and you go, how the fuck did I survive? You know, I was, I had no knowledge. I was just a, a just a, just a kid, mate. Kid, I had yeah. no fucking knowledge. Like, I guess that's what life experience brings you is, you know, a bit more knowledge on how to do things. And yeah, mate, it was just, you look back and fuck. Yeah, especially hindsight, you know, like you, it's, um. I always used to wonder why, like, because I used to love love the history stuff. Still do love the history stuff, and I watched like the the World War Two guys getting interviewed, and the way they talked, it was always very sort of philosophical, and there was nothing really overly yeah. specific in there, you know. Like, and I was always like, "Oh, tell me the details." Like, did you, yeah. you jumped up and then you did this, and yeah, and that was never the way they spoke. And I think um, it's almost like the older you get and the more you process it, the more philosophical and ethereal you become about the memories yeah it's yeah. less about the details it's more about what it meant i don't know if that sort of summarizes yeah, that sentiment for yeah, you yeah definitely but. definitely you know a lot of it too it's it's been it was so long ago yeah you know it's, it's crazy when i do my podcast how some of these guys rem, you know remember remember stuff from 2001 i'm like how the fuck do you remember that shit i don't yeah. know if it's well, some of the somali guys you've got on they like, yeah but they don't remember that stuff like my memory is so fucking shot i don't know if it's from fucking bangs or fucking you know concussions from you know footy or soccer or whatever or fighting you know who knows but um yeah mate got back from afghanistan cashed up dig blew it all commodore yeah no i bought a jeep wrangler oh I'm pretty sure yeah jesus may as well bought a fucking f-16 <laughs> Might as well just burnt your fuel. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> but if, uh, Put I, on the I, ground. I remember buying this fucking thing brand new, and we took it straight out to the fucking sand dunes down at Cronulla. Uh, um, yeah, down at Canal. Yeah, because you can drive out and the, there's four driving out there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can do it these days, oh, but know. there was a four drive park back then in the day. It was me, um, Curry. If you're listening, mate, he's 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 still in actually, and he was my seco, so he'd be probably he'd be class one right now. Yeah. Probably Walking around with his pace stick, just Jeez. fucking beating people with it. And two other boys in the back. And I remember we just fucking put this thing to fucking the test. No idea. You know, brand new fucking Jeep, just sending it. Yeah, will it roll? Yeah, it was full <laughs> of Can fucking, we roll it? This brand new thing, it was full of fucking sand. It was like it took weeks to get the sand out of the fucking aircon units and everything. Had to get it professionally done eventually. But we got it stuck. So it was stuck. For, we were there for like fucking six or seven hours trying to dig this thing out. Eventually we fucking dug it out. We had no tools, no nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Trying to find rocks, put them under the tyres and shit. But yeah, that's what that's what I did with my money. And obviously, fuck, you know, just the regular digger stuff. Pissed the rest against the wall. Pierce, yeah. oh, on the pierce, fuck. And yeah, mate, just turn it on. Just typical dig, mate. As I said, boozing, fucking just lo- getting loose. And it was a bit, a bit of a demise for me because I I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. You know, I you know, I never, uh, you know, I discharged in, in 2009. Yeah. And, um, few months, you know, or almost a year went by after Afghanistan discharge. Yes. Pulled the pin. Yeah, I had no direction on what I was going to do. And I guess this was kind of a bit of a demise for me because that's when I started to spiral out of control for a little bit. It's, it's It was a really hard transition, I guess. You know, I don't know how it is these days or how, how you know, how you, you guys come back. But there was nothing, you know. I, I, we, you had your psych screen when you spoke to, you know, when you threw through uh, Q8. And then six months later, it was another psych screen. And, but you just told them what they, what, what they wanted you to hear. You know what they want to hear, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mate, no. You see any dead people? Yeah, of course I did. How'd you feel? Oh, no, it was, it was fine, mate. Yeah, no, I'm good, yeah. I'm good to deploy again. I'm, and that's what you did. You just told them. It's not rocket science, right? You're just like, I know how to make you. Hey, you been drinking? Tick. Oh, yeah, I've only had two two beers a night, you know, maybe maybe two beers a week. Just depends on what week it is. Meanwhile, I'm just <laughs> fucking. Ah, Next minute, just yeah. Just fucking turning on. Sending it. Yeah, mate, got out in 2009 and just moved up to Newcastle and got into the private security industry. Yeah. Yeah, mate, yeah. Mate, before um, before we get into that, we'll take a quick break um, and then we'll, I want to get into your security stuff, your entrepreneur stuff and then everything leading yeah, up easy, to mate, easy, now pretty easy. much. Yeah, we'll just pause for a minute and then we'll come back. All right, <laughs> cool. Welcome back, guys. Um, yeah, Matty, so, mate, we are talking about um, – just got back from the GAN – um, you've obviously left the military in 2009, probably feeling a bit aimless, like you said. Yeah, yeah, mate, Talk definitely. Me through that. I, I, I got an accelerated discharge as well. Um, basically reached out to a mate's dad and fucking he read a, read a letter and said, yeah, he's getting a job with him and, you know, got out in two or three months, pretty quick. Uh, a couple of the sergeants were trying to keep me in. I was in Bravo, I got posted back to, I got posted to Bravo Company for, yep. the, last, you know, for the last six, seven months of my career. And yeah, a couple of sergeants like, mate, like, just stay in. You know, you probably make, you're making a mistake in. I was just ignorant, had no idea, no real plan. So the fucking moved to Newcastle. Here I am now, obviously still, and got straight into actually before that while I was in the army, I was doing a bit of bouncing as well. So I was bouncing down at uh, King's Cross. Yeah, yeah. So it was a couple of strip clubs, a couple of nightclubs. We just turn it on and. Basically, a couple of these pubs would just hire us to, or strip clubs as well, to hire us to come sit there at the bar and the fight broke out, just just help out, just sort it out type thing, you know, because we we're just fucking ruthless, I guess. Yeah. Didn't mind a, a scrap or two. One Actually, one of the biggest fights I got into with was with uh, Tuke Mato. <laughs> <laughs> the CEO one day is like, whatever you do, don't fight with any civvies. And that night we'll punch on with fucking Tuke Mato and George, we call it the Battle of George Street. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? Oh, fuck, maybe 2007 or six. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember who the two commando guys were, but I'm sure they'll remember this Battle of George Street. It was pretty wild. Yeah. It was about six on six type thing. Shit, okay. And then I was spewing onto the fucking ring road a few few weeks later. Oh, right. Yeah. Nice. You just seen each other. You're yeah. Like, That's that fucking Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's like- fucking kill those cars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, moved to Newcastle. Got into a bit of bouncing. Um, security. Actually, just back again. Me and a couple of boys, uh, Jesse McNeely. 
Uh, he's, he lives out west. He's working in the Ukraine at the moment, doing a bit of consulting. A few other guys. Trent Higgins actually lives up here. He's a he, one of my. He was my best man at my wedding. He's a paramedic out at Toronto. Yeah, cool. Uh, he's been one for like ten years or something now, and because uh, he's Aboriginal. <laughs> Funny story. One day we're sitting in the office. We're doing this close protection uh, for a, for a scientist. And uh, he's like, oh, what can I do for a small life? I'm like, well, you're Aboriginal. You can do whatever you want. To, you know, you can apply for this and <laughs> you'll get it. That? He said it. He said, he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm like, and he, he was like, how do I prove that I'm Aboriginal? He goes, he calls his mum and goes, mum, how can I prove that I'm Aboriginal? He goes, and she goes, well, funnily enough, here's an A4 certificate that says what tribe you're from. It's like, bang. And obviously now he's a paramedic. Yeah. Anyway, long story. <laughs> right. We end up doing a security course, um, security course altogether. And back then we could pretty much leave the army, do one day of training in the security industry and just pretty much get your security license, bodyguard license, firearms license, fucking everything, which yeah. was good because... Like they, they recognise your prior they learning. They recognise your, pri- your prior learning. Background you're from, yeah. And yeah, so we did that and obviously just got into the, in the security industry, started bouncing uh, at a couple of pubs and clubs up here in Newcastle and... You know, I was drinking heavy, just, it was more drinking, mate. I was just turning it on, just turning the drink on every single week, getting into a bit of riffraff every single week, you know, six months prior, I was in, you know, seven, eight months prior, I was in Afghanistan, you know, and now I'm fucking nightclub bouncing, 26, 27 years old with 18 year old fucking kids trying to turn it on. I was like, fuck, let's, let's rumble then. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm a war hero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was that attitude. That yeah, Just yeah. a shitty attitude leaving the fucking defence force. As most people have leaving the defence force, you think you're 10 foot tall and fucking bulletproof. Well, you're not. You're just a fucking another piece of shit like the rest of us. So, yeah, mate, just fighting, drinking. No real fucking career direction. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years coming down the track and then I picked up this close protection gig, as I said, with, with Trent and a few other guys. Jeremy Keeley, one of them. Another bloke from Two Commander, actually. You'll probably know his name. I'll say it off offline, obviously. Yeah, mate. That kind of it kind of gave me that direction of where I. It gave me that you know I stopped drinking a fair bit, stopped the partying, etc. Got out of that military mindset, and that's what yeah. it was. It was that military mindset. It's a big drinking, big partying, change. punching on, not giving a fuck. Because at the end of the day, you knew back in the army, you had somewhere to sleep. You had still you still could eat every single day, even if you spent every fucking cent. <sighs> You know, I mean, you had dental, you had rent, rent assistance, all that type of shit. So you, you were fine. Yeah. You didn't have to depend on yourself. Whereas in civil world, you got yeah. to fucking depend on your. You are the only person that's going to keep you alive. Whereas the army, fuck, other people keep you alive. You yeah. Don't, you don't keep yourself alive. So I f- kind of found that direction within the close protection uh, side of things, and pretty lucky to pick it up. Did a bit of extra training and got the training under my belt, and yeah, we started this job and a couple of years into that, and then from there. Uh, picked up another job. I was still nightclub bouncing every single weekend as much as I could because I, I love. I actually enjoy bouncing. I still do. I still do bounce on the weekends. And yeah, mate, just moved into that close protection side of things. And you know, one day someone's like, "Oh, uh, one of the companies I was working for is like, oh, do you want to um, head to uh, to the Australian tour for Nitro Circus?" And that's where the the whole Nitro Circus thing started with Travis Pastrana and stuff like that. And it's only funny because only a couple of years earlier, I'm watching you know travel and. Streetbike Tommy and Jolene, you know, they're all my fucking really good friends now. Yeah. And especially Streetbike, like Tommy's like one of my best mates. Like we, every time I go to the US, I'll go stay with Tommy or hang out with Tommy. And, you know, I was watching them on MTV and I'm sure you were. Everyone's watching them on MTV back in the day. And oh, Travis Pastrana was the only name that I yeah. remember, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, watching them on MTV doing their thing and, you know, and then here I am fucking started touring with them. And uh, from there that just kind of opened up all the doors and, 
you know, I kind of had that itch for the PSD side of things. Obviously, um, I was applying for a lot of jobs back there with Dine Corp and all these other companies, um, Triple Canopy. I think it was still it was still Blackwater back then. I think. Yeah, Triple Canopy rings a bell, and yeah, obviously Blackwater. Yeah, they're yeah. all just uh, massive uh, PSD coming Garda World, etc. So start applying a few jobs, didn't get any. Started doing a, f- a, a couple of celebrity gigs here and there, you know, Jonas Brothers and uh, stuff like that. Um, but had that itch for, you know, I guess you, you kind of you leave the military, but you still get that that you're still in that mindset yeah. you know, of you know carrying guns and just doing the job and. Uh, you know, a few guys uh, that I was in the army with were, were in Afghanistan or were in Iraq, you know, doing uh, the PSD side of things. Eventually, I got a gig in uh, in Mexico. Probably one of the most uh, terrifying three weeks of my fucking life. Just just wild. Mexico's wild. A- again, we spoke about it offline. It's kind of like they're, they're, they're ruthless. Like the cartel, they're fucking ruthless. Like ISIS, same fucking style, you know, burning people alive, fucking... Stringing them up, you know, my first couple of days in Mexico, there was a couple of people strung up. It's like, fucking hell. And this is all down the part of Chihuahua. So, yeah. you know, through uh, El Paso, Texas. Uh, fuck, we've got to Google that fucking, uh, that little town outside El Paso there. I think it was, it's Juarez. It's Juarez, it's yeah. Juarez yeah. And the only reason I know that is because of um, that fucking movie. Uh, Sicario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, welcome yeah. to Juarez. And then oh. there's the, like you said, there's those people st- Dangling a bridge, like dude. It's that, heads that cut was off a regular thing. Like I, I can't believe it. Like how regular it was for to see ten or so federali, you know, Utes, fifty cows on the back, and just standing around dead bodies. Like it was like a weekly thing. I don't know, especially in Chihuahua, like down further south, and there's a bit of a trek down there. I was looking after an executive. Obviously, he was Mexican born, but very, very wealthy. And whether if he had cartel links, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not here to fucking assume anything, but. It was just, it was a dicey, dicey couple of weeks, mate, where I experienced a fair bit of fucking stuff where I look back now and look, fuck, that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done. But it gave me that foot into that hostile environment scenario. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, basically from there, mate, moved into, still touring with Nitro at the same time. So, you know, I'm... I'm So you were bouncing around a fair bit. I was, mate. Yeah, I was. I was. So I was still with Nitro, uh, did this Mexico stuff, worked uh, doing more celebrities... Uh, doing more executive stuff throughout Sydney and throughout Australia, throughout, you know, other parts of the world. And then um, the opportunity for Iraq come up. A few of the boys were obviously working in Iraq at Baghdad at the uh, Australian Embassy and put my uh, resume in and obviously got on the right desk. It's not what you know, it's who you fucking know. And that's yeah. what it was. It was a couple of the boys that I knew and they put it on the right desk, the operations manager, and, yeah, get the call. Mate, you want a job at the fucking at the embassy and mate, a, a really good time in fucking baggers. It was um really, really good time. And just for the listeners that people, you know, that don't understand what the job was, basically Iraq was not allowing Australian or any military to move any of their military or government dignitaries around. They had to use private contractors. Uh, for what reason I d I don't know. I know there was some levels of well, they just obviously the US didn't give a fuck. But we you know, obviously Australian government stuck to it. I think 2012. I think it kicked over from the sec debts to private contractors. I think ish. Okay. Yeah. Around then, and yeah, mate. Basically, we just moved around the Australian and New Zealand ambassadors. Uh, both embassies are in the same spot, and yeah, mate. Just every day moving them around and moving the spooks around to do their things as well. And uh, we had you know multiple uh, governor generals or fuck. Uh, the ASIO boss, Nick Warner, Warner at that stage, I think it was. Yeah, okay. He came in a few times and 
just just random stuff like that. We just take them around wherever, Sada City or uh, went up to Kurdistan a couple of times, which was pretty cool. Yeah, mate. Yeah, uh, really, really love that place. Absolutely incredible place to go see. And I was lucky enough to go down to uh, this ancient city of Babylon down in uh, Najaf. Oh, shit. Yeah, which is yeah. really fun. Cool. We went to that big giant mosque. So it's the third biggest, like the third most important mosque in, in the world. And we went through it, walked through it. And I think we were with the New Zealand ambassador, I'm pretty sure. I can't, I think, I can't remember anyway. But yeah, went to the ancient city of Babylon and that was just like, fuck, this is, this is pretty cool. Like cruising around Babylon, just private tour. That's, that's the cradle of civilization, right? The, that's, that's what they that's say, like mate. Alexander the, yeah. Sumeria, that's where Alexander the Great died. Is it really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, mate. And so there's, there's this road down there that uh, Alexander the Great walked on and it was like, it's fenced off. Apparently it's the road that he, on his fucking chariot and whatever and cruised down on and we walked down there. And, but uh, Saddam built this palace he built this palace right on the hill and it was all occupied by the US, you know, over the, over the fucking years. And by that time it's all empty and chip, may have chipped off a bit of marble <laughs> on the fucking walls. Yeah. But uh, it was crazy because Babylon, all these bricks, you know, these bricks have been there for fucking hundreds of fucking years, thousands of years. And Saddam's replaced some of these bricks and put his own fucking Saddam, his own fucking bricks in the wall. I'm like, fucking dude. <laughs> There's like fucking ancient tigers on the fucking wall and you've just put a fucking Saddam fucking face brick in the wall. his big dumb face. Yeah. And uh, yeah, mate, yeah. So that was, that was, that was Iraq. Like it was, there was a few dicey things. Nothing really ever happened in Iraq. Um, there was a few dicey moments. You know, we were rocked up to a job and. You know, the, the, the combat indicator fucking shop started fucking like a, like a movie. The roller doors start shutting. You're like, Ooh. and I'm inside. I remember this one. It was, I was inside with a client. Yeah. I was inside with a client. She was a bit of a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I hope she's fucking listening from D-Fat. Fucking douchebag. And uh, it was a, like a women's refuge or something. And, uh, you know, these roller doors are shut and militias turned up. Fucking gun truck and stuff. And, you know, my TL's gone on the fucking blower. Through the earpiece, and he's like, "Oh, mate, uh, just let you know there's fucking militia out here, and Mohammed's fucking shut the doors to his shop. So we've hurried things up. Let's let's fucking get." I was like, "Ma'am, uh, we gotta we gotta move. There's a bit of hostilities happening outside, and it's not looking favourable for our, you know, for what's happening right now. We gotta go." She goes, "No, we're not going nowhere." Hey, boss. Uh, she said she doesn't want to go anywhere. Tell that cunt <laughs> to get the fuck outside into the fucking vehicle, and we're fucking going. <laughs> get in the fucking vehicle. That's how you We're said. fucking going. Yeah. Get in the fucking vehicle. We're going. Like this is not favourable right now. We're the professionals. You stick the fucking dealing cards. You know, get in the car. And yeah, we know get in trouble for it. Yeah. But really? Yeah, it was really weird. But obviously something was happening. It was just, you know, we're just in the wrong area. Oh, it was in Sarda City somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which back in the day, like was the fucking Americans was fucking no. Dude, joke. you can still see it. It is still remnants of fucking 50, oh, fucking 50 cow. Yeah. Everywhere. And uh, and Baghdad itself, you, you you went through baggers, didn't you? Yeah, at to, night. To, I didn't see fuck yeah, all Baghdad, mate, yeah. There's still buildings like JDAMs. Yeah, shit. Like still, you know, just, just near the embassy, there's this massive building and it's like fucking still just, you can see, oh, mate, from 2,000 pounds, it landed straight on it. <laughs> it's still <laughs> in the same fucking spot. 
But uh, yeah, mate, Iraq was was really good. I really, you know, there was an, obviously the incident with uh, Chris Betts, you know, with oh, in, in the room. The guy that uh, he got shot in the head. He shot. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that incident happened, and you know, those two boys, you know, I know, I, I knew quite well, and because we used to play touch footy at the U.S. Embassy. Okay. Go have beers. <laughs> we go play touch footy, have a couple touch of beers, couple of coldies, and uh, you know, head back and. But it was great. It was, it was really good because the US were getting getting into touch footy as well. They loved it. They fucking loved it. And it was like an, every Tuesday, Wednesday night thing, we'd go play touch footy. And so I'd hang out with these boys a fair bit. And, you know, we'd carry on a fair bit. As boys do, if you tell someone not to drink, they're going to fucking drink. Like it's... Yeah. Fuck. Adults, adults that's that's it. Like the right, yeah. Now they're like, no one will drink on operation. You just fucking just made, guaranteed made sure that every cunt's going to be drinking on the <laughs> yeah, next do operation. Do not press so this red button. F- yeah, exactly. Do not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, mate, so that happened and, yeah, I remember it all. It was fucking wild, absolutely fucking wild. And it was really crazy because, obviously, being a contractor, this is where it got just, just odd. Poor old Betsy had to be put in a, in a, in a morgue that was just a, a civvy fucking morgue. So this is 2016. So this is the height and the offensive of Mosul was still going on. Oh, yeah. So this Morgan just... Oh, fuck, I can see it now, mate. It's stunk, dude. And the dude, the poor young fellow that worked there, this dude was dressed like a fucking butcher. He was dressed in white with fucking butcher fucking gun boots on and the cunt was soulless. Yeah. Like, I remember rocking... This, this is, again, this is how fucked the Australian government is. Like, we're, we're dealing with a, a former Australian soldier that's been injured or killed in an Australian... You know, yeah, yes, it was an incident, you know, accident inside the embassy, but... We had to put his fucking coffin in the back of this fucking Suburban, Chef Suburban, nothing else. We barely – I remember driving in the coffin, the end of the coffin's like right at the end of my fucking head. Jesus. Dude, man. this is – you couldn't fucking write about this shit. Like this is how the Australian government treated them contractors like absolute shit while they're from partying in their little fucking dugouts, you know, yahooing and being fucking cockheads. Anyway, yeah, so I remember going to Morgan. I don't know if you want to talk about this. Do you want to talk about no, it? No, it's your... Yeah, fuck. You're, you're the guest, I know, mate. It was, fuck, just one of those defining moments in my life, I suppose, because it was fucking odd. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, Especially coming from the military. N- never been spoken about before either, yeah. so this is fucking odd for me. Yeah. I mean, you've done ramp ceremonies in Afghanistan. Yeah, and this was just coffins odd. Coffins are dra- draped with yeah, exactly. Australian flags. Yeah, exactly. So we, we had the Australian flag draped over his, you know, we did it out of courtesy. But I remember picking up his body from the Biap. It was just in a fucking shipping container, fucking freezer. Pick it up, put it in the fucking back of this uh, Chevy Suburban, sub as they call them. Drive out to this morgue in northern Iraq somewhere. Yeah. It was fuck. as I said, it was hideous. This dude had no fucking soul. <laughs> he was like the Grim Reaper, this cunt. And rock up, carry the coffin up to the door. Actually, before that, there was these five prisons. Right next to it was happened to be the, like, the fucking courthouse. These five, I've got it on fucking GoPro actually. I, I use my GoPro a fair bit in fucking baggers and Kabul. Yeah. These five prisoners come walking past, shackled up, yellow, fucking yellow, you know, uh, full yellow jumpsuits, banded up. And I said to the interpreter, said, who are those guys? And he's like, no, 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 no. And talks to the fucking dudes he's like, oh, they're oh, five ISIS. I'm like, oh, how convenient, right next to the fucking morgue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, fuck. Well, probably won't see them again anyway. But uh, yeah, I remember fucking putting the coffin down, had to open the fucking coffin take the fucking body bag out, fuck, carry this body bag into the fucking walk. Like, fuck, mate, like, this is fucking odd. He's your mate too, right? Yeah, 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 he's definitely my mate and just something you don't expect to do. Isn't it, uh, I don't know, isn't it a government official that does this shit? You know, the fe- why aren't the federal police doing this? Yeah. Remember, there's four of us, we carry him in, put him on the, on the fuck, like, it was like a, 
like a fucking operating bench type thing. Steel table thing. And yeah. this place fucking stunk and there was born. It was it was just it was hectic. And I can still smell it now. It smelled like this dude. It was like off meat. Like it was hideous. This dude there. There was blood everywhere. And I was like, fuck, what is this place? Like it was literally like a fucking butcher shop. They zip open the fucking body bag. Betsy's there. And uh, he had his fucking wedding ring on, so we took his fucking because we know they can knock it off the cunts. Yeah, it was a fucking gold wedding ring. Took the ring off, and they're trying to take photos. The fucking phone out of it, and they've photos blo- of what? Of Betsy. Yeah, yeah. They're blowing up. Everyone's been blowing up. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Don't you? Think, what the fuck are you doing? They'll call it investigation, investigation. Shut your fucking mouth. And they end up taking a few photos. It settled down a fair bit and took photos, but that was just fine. And then zipped him up, and he was in put in freezer. Yeah. And then uh, I think he was there for maybe a week or two weeks. I think that really, yeah, doing the investigations or whatever. And then eventually the repatriation uh, must have come in, and we had the great guy, great guy from the Australian, one of the best guys I've worked with from the Australian government. Outside of the ninety nine percent of fuckwits that worked at the Australian government, there was one guy. I'm not gonna say his name. Real, real, just fucking genuine dude. Always trained with us in the gym. He's one of those guys that always trained with us in the gym. Always sat with us at the mess because we all sh- did a share mess at uh, in Baggers. Went back a couple of weeks later, pick up the body uh, again in the back of the fucking sub. Just jam it in there, jam the coffin in there. Went to buy app and uh, shipped him off, mate. That was it. Yeah. Put him through this X-ray machine. I'm, I, I can still see it now. Him going through the X-ray machine. It's like a cargo fucking X-ray machine. You see his body machine, and that was it. That was the end of it. And went to the ice cream shop next door and had some ice cream and went back to the embassy. But yeah, that was one of the uh, crazy weird moments from fucking Iraq. Yeah, and what about his wedding ring? What'd you do with that? You would have I, sent. I don't that. remember, honestly. I don't yeah, okay. Know. Don't quote me on this, but I, I believe that his wife committed suicide not long after. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. she was from uh, Brazil. I'm pretty sure. Oh, kids. Yeah. No, no, oh. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, and that because that guy, that fucking piece of shit, wasn't he? I'm not going to comment on that, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to comment. Um, he was a good mate of mine. They both, they both were. Oh, they really? Were. Yeah. They uh, were friendly. They were mates. Like, it was pretty close. We are pretty close. Everyone was pretty close. Regardless, they were in different teams. So, you know, every team was pretty close. Uh, we had a lot of POMs there, which, you know, two or three of them were my best mates now. Like, I fucking love the POM, POMRI guys. And, but, uh, yeah, mates, um, yeah, that was just one of those crazy moments that just kind of like, what the fuck's just happening here? And it was pretty hard for one of the boys because 10 years earlier, he was there when Jake Kofko really? passed away as well at wow. the same fucking embassy. Jesus. So, same kind of thing. Same fucking, you know, similar similar fucking scenario. So yeah. that kind of fucked him up. Yeah, poor dude. Yeah. Like X3 guy or just... 3 country? And yeah. then he went out west for a little bit. And uh, yeah, mate, so that was that was Iraq. And uh, one of the boys went over to Kabul yep. and said, yeah, mate, there's a fucking spot here. Do you want it? Yeah, fuck, send your CV over. Yep, same thing. Not what you know, who you know. Landed on the fucking ops, ops desk. Yep, bang, ages, fucking contact me, email. Set it all up and basically gave my 30 days. If anyone's seen it on my Instagram, I put up a fucking photo of I drew this dinosaur with a fucking, riding a fucking bicycle. I'll show you. Yeah. There's a dinosaur. I drew this dinosaur riding a fucking bicycle, eating a fucking ice cream cone. I said, basically, See this picture? There's two things in here that don't make sense. A fucking dinosaur riding a bicycle. It's like, me and this job, I'm leaving. Here's my 30 days. <laughs> Apparently, the project manager's still got his fucking wall now. <laughs> yeah. Over there. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So that was my fucking retirement fucking. I said, I'm, I'm done. 
Yeah. I've just got offered a job in Baggers, uh, in uh, Kabul. Basically just left Baggers, flew to uh, Dubai, Dubai straight to fucking Kabul. Straight into Kabul and same thing, mate, straight to the Australian Embassy. Obviously, again, Afghanistan, back for the first time since 2008 and mate, another fucking crack, you know, time of my life, mate. It was just, it was fun. It was, yeah. it was a lot different because in, in Baggers were running, I, I don't know how they run it now, but back then we were running four vehicles, 10, 12 guys. In Kabul, we were running fucking four vehicles, two guys, uh, two guys in each vehicle, so only four guys. You know, we had different weapons, we had AKs and all that type of fucking Chinese-made Russian shit in Iraq. Afghan, we had M4s and Glocks and we had the Glocks, Glocks 17s in Iraq, 19s in uh, Kabul and, you know, a bit more extra kit and stuff like that. And Kabul, Kabul was a little bit different. It was more maintained by the embassy. So the embassy supplied all the fucking firearms, whereas Baghdad was dodgy and it was just dodgy, mate. Just typical Australian government just being dodgy, using dodgy fucking contractors like Unity Resources Group, you pieces of shit, if you're listening. <laughs> to save a couple of bucks, yeah, right? Yeah, just to save a couple of them bucks. Yeah. Giving us these shit. I remember when, we got, when I got my fin AK to fucking fire the cut in, uh, in baggers, the bullet was coming out fucking sideways. Like, dude, this this thing's shooting sideways. Like, literally, it was coming out like, like a boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Kabul. So I got to Kabul, mate, and, yeah, it was great. It was just a different environment, different environment. Again, back to Afghanistan, so I kind of had that that understanding of Afghanistan. And, yeah, mate, just same thing, driving around uh, Ambos or you know, we flew up to Bagram a couple of times with the Ambo and uh, a few other, you know, random jobs out to, I think there's a base out there, fuck, where the Guardian Angels, what they call them? Oh, Fuzzy the Wuzzy Angels, what they call them? Guardian Angels. In Afghanistan, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I never went there, but I know the one yeah. you're talking about. It was like that real, like, late Afghan campaign regularly yeah, went there. Yeah, because they, they were shit moving around some of the Kaya them. or whatever? No, that was that was the airport. That's uh, Hamid Kaid. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, international. I got no idea. Yeah. International. Uh, there was another base out uh, northwest. I can't remember what it was called, but the, this were the, these Guardian Angels. So anyway, the Guardian, they'd cruise around like their six or seven Bushmasters, you know, moving a brigadier or whatever. We'd be just cruising around, fucking four guys, and the ambassador's driving <laughs> past his bush and going, hey, boys, just baseball caps on and checkered fucking shirts. Hey, boys. Classic, classic yeah, operator. Cla- cla- classic, <laughs> classic. Yeah, mate, no, it was really good. Yeah. Kabul was really, really good. It was just one of those times. And, mate, towards the end of it, 2018, I um, I had uh, blood clots in my liver while I was over there. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I started getting these fucking pains. And uh, me, meanwhile, between Iraq and Afghanistan, I'm still with Nitro Circus. Yeah, so yeah, just so traveling with them yeah, intermittently? Yeah, so I was doing two months on and then one month, I'd, yeah, it just for some reason it was just lining up perfectly. Every single time that one month would be that one month that Nitro was touring, so I'd, I'd fuck off and go tour with Nitro for two weeks and we'll do a bit here there or do some celebrity here and there. And so I was always working. And I was on back on the nightclub doors as well. So if I wasn't doing that... I was back, you know, on Fanny's and, uh, you know, King Street just bouncing on the, on the doors as well, uh, which I, you know, still enjoy. But, yeah, mate, yeah, and I'd get these blood clots and, you know, it, my younger brother had a blood clot, mum's um, had a blood clot, dad's had a blood clot, so they think it's all hereditary and one doctor reckons, you know, there's possibly it could be bacteria in the water, you know, you could have, you know, eaten a shit particle from the water or something and, yeah. like, anything's possible. Um, but, yeah, mate... And that, these, yeah. Mate, yeah, I started getting these pains in my gut and went up to see the watch camera and said, dude, like, I'm fucking struggling here. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. S- sucked it up for a couple of days, thought fucking nothing of it, kept doing fucking jobs. 
uh, one of the boys will know. He, you know. There's a couple of photos. I've got some photos, and uh, one of the boys now works with me with the World Series Supercross. Yeah, just we went to see, see a, a local. A local again, this is where the fucking embassies are all fucked. You know, if you're a contractor, they don't give a fuck about you, dude. I had to go see some local Jundi fucking doctor. You know, just really, <laughs> yeah. And then the army was like the last resort, mate. Like if you were dying, which I was, eventually they're like, oh, okay, we'll send you to the army. We we'll look after you. You're, you're just an Australian soldier, an ex Australian soldier. Yeah. And a con- but you're a contractor now, so you're a piece ah, of shit. Give a fuck, mate. So we don't give a fuck about you, mate. Fuck the government. I'm fucking sick of it. Piss me off, mate. It really, it really did piss me off because I almost fucking died. Yeah. But I had these pains. Saw this first Junie doctor. He's like, me not speak English. <laughs> I've never so seen I'm this fucking, before. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. They bring out some ultrasound that was made from. The dude that invented it <laughs> from it's the like fucking a 1920s, Bing. yeah. Bing. You know, another day passed and went to see the watch. He said, mate, if you don't fucking let me see someone, I'm going to get this fuck. This, there's a bullet on my, on my bench right now and I'm, I'm prepared to fucking put a bullet in my fucking head because this, this pain was the worst pain I've ever fucking been through in my entire life. Really? Yeah. It, I wasn't eating. Just get this real burning sensation down my intestines. And initially we thought it was gastroenteritis, yeah, okay. which is inflamed fucking intestines, but it, it obviously didn't. My liver fucking shutting down. And saw this second doctor again. Me knows big English. Got his doctor's degree in Jalalabad, you know. No fucking idea. You know, fuck, he works on Fiverr, you know, <laughs> that type thing. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. No idea. Again, Australian Embassy don't give a fuck. He's like, oh, this dude's dying, but we don't give a fuck. We'll send him to another Jundi. Eventually, they're like, I'm like, can't. It, the bullets in the fucking gun. I'm gonna fucking shoot myself in the head. I'm fucking done. This is fucking killing me. I'm fucking done. Oh, oh, the pain was excruciating, like excruciating. Um, eventually, they're like, "Fuck it, right, eight. This is this emergency fucking crash action right now. <laughs> Let's send this cunt to uh, uh, Kai North um, through the Abbey Gate. Obviously, drive with us. That's the way we always went. Was through the Abbey Gate. It was where that explosion went off in that last uh, oh, the, of Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. So that was the entry to Kai North. Uh, one of the entries anyway. And, uh, yep, head to the fucking hospital and get there. There's a couple of Aussies, uh, a couple of Americans. They had no idea either. I was pumping full of fentanyl. So I, I stayed there for about two or three days just, and again, I thought, fuck, if I'm a gun, I'm going to blow my fucking head off. I had no gun at that stage. I was like, fuck, I'm done. Yeah. I don't know what to do here. And eventually there's like, fuck, it will emergency evacuation this bloke. Eventually, because I was a private contractor, I had to go through insurance companies. And ah. So that's where the holdup was. Really? But again, the Australian government's like, man. But it's really crazy because if you're an Australian contractor as a plumber or something working for the embassy, you're completely covered. Because you're supporting the mission, yeah. What a fucking joke. Anyway, eventually there's like, no, nah, if insurance comes through, private jet, they put chuck me on this. And Helix, Helix is the company, I'm pretty sure. Real great guys. Again, they just banged me up full of fentanyl. Fentanyl's doing nothing. You think fucking fentanyl is meant to be the, the lifesaver of fucking pain management? It wasn't even touching the size. This pain was fucking excruciating. Yeah. And get to uh, Dubai, this German hospital in Dubai. It was actually a German-run hospital in Dubai. And this little doctor comes out. He looked like Mr. Burns. No shit. No word of a lie. I looked at him and said, fuck, is that Mr. Burns? But he's like full coloured as well, like a sand jockey. And he's come up and just walled it up and said, he goes, oh, West Payne. I said, yeah, dude, sort me out, like, now. He just sends his assistant away, comes back, ultrasound machine, puts it on. He goes, you got two blood clots in your liver. Put me straight on the fucking blood thinners. Next day I was good. Yeah, no shit. No pain, straight away. Just blood thinners. Straight away. 
30 minutes. I wasn't even in country for 30 minutes and this dude solved the mystery. <sighs> yeah. And he reckons, he goes, you know, you're probably one or two days. If you got, if those were dislodged, you'd be dead. Really? It went straight to your heart, pumped through and had a fucking heart attack and died. Shit. Or, yeah, or worse, whatever. Is that know. scary? Or worse, worse. Or were you... you I don't know. I didn't really think about it. Because it didn't happen. You just like... It oh, didn't happen. I was cool. like, ah. I could have got hit by a car as well. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. Every day, yeah. Not, <laughs> not close enough, buddy. motherfucker. Rather than the Taliban and ISIS trying to kill me, I got a, you know, a blood clot the size of a fucking my, my soybean. Yeah. <laughs> fucking kill me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, mate, yeah, from there, spent about a month in Dubai and that was it. That's the end of my fucking PSD. Well, for, the, for that period, that was the end of my PSD for Kabul. Yeah. Which was kind of a shock to the system, you know, because I didn't leave in my own terms and, you know. That's always a hard thing too, That's, mate. It, like, it was a hard thing. It was a hard thing. It was kind of, I was kind of good because I looked after by Garda World. They did look after me for a year nice. with insurance and stuff. Uh, again, Australian government. <laughs> Just fucking wash their hands straight up as they do. Yeah. Give a fuck. Yeah, mate. So, yeah, looked after for a fair bit. And, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, from there, basically – on the men got better again. I lost lost a whole bunch of fucking weight. Looked like ET again, like back from it's Afghan. Yeah, yeah. First time looked like ET come back. You put it time, back on, but yeah, look exactly like ET. Yeah, got back straight straight back to KFC, mate. <laughs> um, well, that was one of the biggest things that kept me asking the doctors. Like, when can I get back to the gym? He's like, mate, just give it. He was like, <laughs> give it a rest. I'm, I'm in there straight away. <laughs> fucking drip still in the arm. Fucking pumping weights. Yeah, mate. Back to back to Australia and just continued. Uh, that's when I started the, the security company, Two Ravens uh, Security, or yeah. Two Ravens Solutions, as we'd call it now. Yeah, providing uh, you know pubs and clubs and you know, stuff with security and doing the the international stuff with Nitro and uh, the Australian Supercross, um, uh, World Series Supercross. Now that's what I do now, and yeah, a whole bunch of the, you know executives and celebrities, etc. And yeah, mate, just got on the mend and yeah. started the company and. That's because you love it, right? That the stuff you do now, you're, Man, I love you're security. Passionate about Se- it. I love, love security. Like yeah. it's for me keeping people safe, and it's, I guess you know when I'm at a pub, I'll fucking take it pretty seriously because I love to see people have fun without you know. You see all this trauma over the years, you know, the Bali bombings or this or that and that. And you're like, fuck, you know, could I've done something? You know, I think about it all the time. Could I've could I've noticed something? And I tell guards this all the time. So just keep an eye out. You never know when something's going to happen. Regardless, even if it's just a stabbing or a, you know, but it could be a ter- there could be a terrorist attack one day. Just keep an eye out for something because you know there's going to be some poor young girl that's you know someone's daughter is going to get fucking killed because of your ignorance. And I was lucky enough, you know, I went to um, Manchester Arena, you yep. know, where Ariana Grande's uh, bombing happened. Oh, correct. Yeah, I was yeah. only there maybe six months after, and the security manager took me up there and fuck, mate, it was just one of those just chilling moments, mate. You go up there, and you can just feel the just the energy in the room like and you know i did a bit of research and the whole thing and you know it was it was the dude was noticed he was pulled up by security but yeah, the police really? fobbed it off so it was you know one of those things that fuck just take it seriously you send some dude that's dressed abnormally you know, major beckett with his fucking parish mock on in summer he probably hasn't got a bomb on there, but check the, <laughs> question. question him. Yeah, At least yeah. give him a question. But anyway, yeah, mate. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do now. Just maintain the security company and obviously 2021 started the podcast and from there it just went absolutely bonkers and lucky enough to just have the, you know, couple of good connects to make, you know, a few good guests come on. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some fucking amazing guests. Mate, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been wild, absolutely wild to have the, you know, I guess the, the reach that I've had and, 
uh, the guests that I've had come on, but uh, I found it kind of therapeutic for myself as well to hear these stories. And again, the whole point of it was to kind of have, you know, a couple of blokes kind of like sitting in the breezeway, just yeah. gobbing off. Is that, was that why you started it? Pretty so much, yeah. It was just to reconnect, just reconnect dudes. And because, you, know, you know, I am a businessman. Yeah. I love to explore things and make things. If I'm, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to make it fucking work. And I'll make it successful. I don't give a fuck what it is. I'll, I'll figure it out. Here's a wee, wee question. Sorry to cut you off. I just want to get, I just want to capture that. So you referred yourself as a, as a businessman. How long has it taken you to, to think of yourself as a businessman, consider yourself a businessman, to then refer to yourself like that? Because it might sound petty, but it's a big step for someone that's been a fucking career soldier and security guy for fucking years. Mate, uh, probably in the last few years. Yeah. Obviously having a successful security company, you know, I've got my tactical brand as well that sells the IFAX, which has been quite successful. Um, starting the podcast, I started another brand that was successful, you know, a bit, a few other things here and there, investing, and it's always just been successful. The reason why is because I'm not going to fucking stop until I make it successful. I'm one of those people that are, you know, we're here at, you know what, it's almost 8 p.m. I could be at home with the kids, but there's, there's, there's work to be done. You know, that's, that's the type of person I am. I fucking make sure I get it done and I'm not going to stop until, yeah. you know, regardless, like don't stop, like keep fucking pumping along. And, and I guess the reason why the podcast got so big was because it just, it got to that stage where it wasn't for me. You know, it, I started getting a lot of messages on my Instagram going, you've just saved my life or I've just joined the defense force or I've just joined the cops. I'm in the cops and I was thinking about getting out, but now I'm thinking about going to fucking TOU. I've had guys, you know, I'm in the infantry. I was thinking about getting out, but now I'm going to go fucking SASR. I'm going to fucking give it a crack. What, what I've got to fucking lose. So that was, so now for, for me, it has, it, it's not for me anymore. It's for, for the listener that listens to it. And I know a lot of people enjoy it. And yeah. yeah. I think yeah, that, that's yeah. a, it's a good summary too of, of, of the podcast. Cause my, my sentiment is exactly the same. Like obviously my podcast is not anywhere near as big as yours, but it's like I get the same satisfaction. I love connecting with people. I love hearing some fucking awesome stories. Exactly. And I love like someone out there is listening to it, whether they tell me or not, it's saving their life or it's helping them. Exactly. Or, or yeah. Whatever, giving them guidance, man. Yeah. Dude, I want to, I just want to wind back a little bit. Um, might be the last thing we, we talk about, but um, so 2012, so when I was in the GAN, so August 2012, um, like one of your fucking mates, uh, Merv McDonald, Passed away in the um, passed away in the chopper crash, um, and obviously we we briefly covered that on my episode of your podcast, um, mate. Do you want to just talk me through that? What what that was like? Because you got out, you're in the security world. A lot of your mates are still in. A lot of guys went SF. Yeah. You know, what's the just talk me through it, mate, if, if you could. Yeah, mate, fuck. You know, I'm glad you actually brought me back to this because it, it was another defining point in my fucking life. You know, at that stage, we've lost a couple of guys. A couple of my friends have been killed. You know, Fussell, you know, I wouldn't class him as a friend, but, you know, I worked yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. Greg Scher, obviously, really good friend of mine. Uh, a few other guys uh, during that time. Uh, Crash McKinney, he was on my deployment. Oh, uh, Jared, Nathan, yeah, yeah. Nathan Buse was on our deployment as well. They were drivers. They were all drivers for us. No shit, because yeah, they were yeah, 6 RA guys, right? Exactly, mate, and they yeah. both died MTF1. Yeah. Yes, I believe so, anyway. yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously when Kieran got the, the VC. Uh, Derapet, 
and Merv was one of those guys that I hung out a fair bit with, you know, back in the in the battalion days, you know, him being, you know, uh, just a fit dude and just sur- we surfed a lot and, um, you know, uh, a minority background like me. You know, we like same foods and stuff. And, you know, we, hung, we were hung out rice. a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of rice. You know. <laughs> rice we we loved red wine. There was Red wine was oh, our shit. thing. Okay, and so cool. he used to come over a fair bit and bring fucking red wine all the time. Uh, in Hammondville was where I live, was living at one stage. And I remember he was he was always going on deployment. And uh, I used to look after his dog, Nugget. So if anyone's out there that knows well, Merv well, they'll know that he had a dog called Nugget. And this dog was the dumbest dog. <laughs> like it had no reflection on what, how Merv was. It was the stupidest dog I've ever like. What kind of dog? It was, it was a cross rotty and something. God, that's it not, was just a mongrel. A, it's not a good start. No, it was just a mongrel, <laughs> an absolute mongrel. Like it was that stupid. And I remember we went to the park. Uh, it's the George's River. There's a park that backed onto the George's River. And we used to take the my because I had a, a rot a full bred rotty uh, called Fitty. Yeah, he's named after 50, 50 Cent, F I D D Y, and uh, we'll take Fiddy Nugget down to this park. And Nugget was that stupid that we you know throw these two tennis balls out, one for Nugget, one for Fiddy. Fiddy was too fat and slow. Nugget would get both of them, but he'd he'd get both of them in his mouth. That he was so stupid that he couldn't breathe as well. So he'd go underwater and start drowning. So Merv had to jump in a few times and save him. Yeah. Like, and this happened, there was all like a weekly occurrence. Like, nugget. <laughs> like, dude, just like, don't let him go in the so, water. So we ended up just throwing one ball, you know, eventually. But then he'd find something else to drown, drown with. Eating a rock or something. But I looked after Nugget one time, mate, and I remember this funny story actually quickly. Um, one of the other boys was deploying, I think, it's Timor, and um, he left his, uh, he had a little Vespa. And fuck, Gav, this, this is how funny Gav is. He used to wear like gardening gloves. This jacket that was worn on gum tree, it was three sizes too big and he used to wear a fucking motocross helmet right ride to work every day <laughs> yeah. left his scooter on my house five yeah oh, oh for fuck sake. i can't remember where from but uh he used to ride to work every day left his uh, scooter at my place nuggets fucking been left at my place as mers probably back in afghanistan somewhere nuggets eating the seat off this <sighs> off this scooter and i'll get back on there i'm like fuck and i call mer like oh, he calls me he says oh how's nugget he's he must be in afghanistan i can't remember Call me, he goes, no, he goes, no, can't just eat in the fucking seat. And Scooney goes, fucking hell. Oh, what to do with this dog? <laughs> put him down. <laughs> <laughs> put him down, mate. But yeah, if anyone's listening, they definitely know Nugget, mate. I don't remember having to him. Got run over by a car or something. Who knows? He was just a stupid dog. Yeah. Rest in peace, Nugget, wherever you are, mate. Uh, actually, no, one of the boys took him, to, uh, took him over. That's right. Someone took him over after uh, Merv passed, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. I think. But, uh, yeah, going back to Merv, mate, I remember, you know, he had his uh, f- uh, Ford, um, not Ford, uh, Jeep. he had a Jeep Wrangler as well. He had, a, he had a black uh, Jeep Wrangler. And I remember dropping him off uh, at Yamaha in, uh, fuck, it might have been Moorbank somewhere. He bought a V-Star. One of those V-Star fucking, he, this is the first time he ever rode a motorbike. It was like riding outside this, fuck, outside of his rider's course, outside of this fucking, he was like, stalling, and I was driving his Jeep, uh, drove it back to his house. But yeah, mate. Yeah, 2012 when he was killed, which is coming up like in the next couple of days. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like literally, it was, it was like it, I think it was the 29th, 30th. Yeah, to be exact, 29th was the first three soldiers, uh, the the green on blue. Yeah, okay. And then obviously clicked over midnight. Because it went overnight. He died yeah. like uh, two or three o'clock in the morning or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Jeez, yeah, yeah. Um, which I do have a podcast inbound, which kind of details a little bit about that night with uh, 
someone that I'll say afterward. I don't know if he wants to say his name. We've recorded it. Yeah, but, good. Uh, yeah, we'll good, definitely good. talk about it. He was there for both uh, Hilo crashes, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, mate, just, yeah, as I said, we're coming up to that fucking day. It sucks because my birthday's on the 28th of August and, uh, you know, every couple of days you, you go from a high down to a fucking low and, you know, we just had so many good times with fucking Merv, you know, surfing and, you know, sort of dive under the fucking, under the waves and pretend we're a shark and he used to fucking just freak every time. And his brother come across, from, uh, Percy McDonald, come across from uh, Perth a few times. I think he was living out there because that's where they're from. At, uh, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember the place out there. Mandura, Mandura? Unsure. Oh, somewhere. Um, yeah, so I remember it's it's crazy. It's one of those days I'll never fucking forget. I know exactly where I was here in Newcastle, um, driving um, just down near Toronto, down near the back of a Wobba. Get the phone call and it was uh, a bloke that's over in, uh, um, I believe he's over in 22 SAS now. Okay. From Tucumano. Yeah, nice. And all Royal Marine Commandos, either or, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, I knew he was over in Afghanistan. He calls. He's like, mate, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but Merv's been, Merv's been killed. And I fucking remember now, mate. I just fucking, you just, it just, you just feel that just, you know what I mean? Like the whole body just goes, fuck. Cold. Just cold, just relaxes. Yeah. Like your whole body just, just, just. Everything just disappears, you know what I mean? I, I remember exactly where I fucking was when I got the phone call. Yeah, it's crazy because the person that I had on the podcast, uh, this Tukumano guy that was there, he's the one that called fucking Sam and told Sam, but Sam already knew. Uh, fuck, I've said his name. We'll leave it at Sam. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, and Sam called me. But yeah, I remember that day, mate, and uh, yeah, fuck, just a crushing day, mate. Like, you know, one of my closest friends, you know, hung out a fair bit in the battalion and... You know, stay in contact while he was over, you know, being cool with you guys. Tukumano wearing fucking, you know, black boots and whatever the fuck else you wear. <laughs> All the cool fucking shit. Merrill's, yeah. Eating fucking king fucking Alaskan crab. And, yeah, mate, it was just just crushing. Just crushing. And then, um, again, that bloke I recorded a podcast with, he was one of the guys that brought uh, Merv and uh, Nate, uh, Nathan Gallagher back. Yeah. And... Um, this guy, he went to the funeral as well. So we all flew out to the – me and Jeremy Keeley, a few other guys, flew out to the uh, out to the funeral, you know, just to civvies. And it was just, fuck, mate. Like, that's – if there's any day that gives me PTSD, that's that, that fucking day. Just fucking rough. I think Julie Gillard was there, I'm pretty sure. Just being a typical fucking politician. Fake, <laughs> fake tears. Yeah, yeah, crocodile tears. tears, yeah. Yeah, just fuck, mate. Rough day. Rough day. And that guy that I did podcast, he was there and then ended up flying back to Afghanistan. I didn't realise. Obviously, the two commando boys were carrying the, the, the coffin and obviously they all flew back to Afghanistan the next fucking day. I'm like, fuck, mate, that's gangster. Back and on the I, job, didn't know yeah, that, yeah. I didn't know that until he told me. I'm like, that's fucking gangster. These boys, that's how fucking, that's, you know, while, while fucking masters and all these cock fucking journalists were out there, Slaying our fucking soldiers. This is what our soldiers were doing. Bring out their dead mates and going straight back into the fucking thick of it and, you know, fucking giving their lives, still giving their lives for it. Yeah. So that's what fucking those books don't fucking say, do they? And they're not allowing themselves to, to grieve no, either. No, you know, no, they, straight back a, into the fucking thick of it. They'll process that years I was later. expecting, you know, they just drop them off, you know, do the ramp ceremony and Herc brings them back. And obviously I know that someone escorts them back, but someone, you know, I was thinking maybe finish their deployment. No, these boys are fucking swinging back in. Next day they're killing fucking Taliban again. 
Yeah. But yeah, again, it's not what the journos speak about, is it? But uh, yeah, mate, just a just a rough day. Rough day, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I remember, you know, his mum, you know, she was just obviously just lost her son and never see him again. And no, I couldn't imagine it for a mum, you know, losing a child or, you know, anyone losing a child. But to that extent, losing a child in a different country, you know, in a war zone, it's just, fuck, you, you, it's uncomparable. Yeah. Honestly, I think it is, um, you know, def- definitely sad losing any child, but, you know, just in that time frame, et cetera. And, uh, you know, she was trying to drag the coffin off the fucking, off the, off the dude, like, just one of those things I can't fucking shake. Yeah, and I have dreams about it. Like, it's just, fuck, the saddest thing I've ever seen in my fucking entire life. Yeah. Fucking rough. Absolutely rough. But, uh, yeah, mate, and then just move on. And it's one of those things because, obviously, there was a couple of, I think, a couple more deaths after that. And yeah, well, there's Cam, Cam Baird. Yeah, and then Cam think, Baird uh, and a couple of the regular soldiers as well. Rowan Robinson, I think, or was that before? Oh, that no, was that was 2011, before? I think. So, yeah, but um, yeah, well, that the time frame I was it's there. Just, yeah, it, it's just a crazy time being out as well. You know, 2009, and you 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 become a civvy, and you kind of disconnected from the military. You know, when you're in the green, you kind of get that heads up straight away, like, oh yeah, it's some bloke from fucking six R R, some bloke from Tukmano, it's you know, it's some SASR bloke that's been killed. So you kind of get that heads up. Yeah. Whereas in the civvy world, you kind of... You find out when everyone else does. You find out when everyone else does. When, you know, the fucking... When, you know, Sandra Sully on fucking Channel 10 comes out and, you know, goes, oh, yeah, Australia, this is the, you know, 35th fucking Australian soldier to be killed type thing. You're like, fuck. Yeah. I think even, mate, when... Um, back when Ben Robert Smith first got that VC and then he was um, did a bunch of interviews... I think in one of the episodes he was talking about, because Matt Locke was one of his mates, and I think he was talking about when he got back from a trip, they must have done the handover takeover, right? And uh, and he said the way he found out was in in the car, on on the radio. Yeah, From memory, that was how it happened. But, um, yeah, craziness, man, eh? Crazy. And that's why I sort of was asking about, you know, getting out and what it's like being out when everyone else is still in. It's just like being a fucking city, mate. You're just stuck in the dark. Unless obviously it was someone close. Yeah, yeah. Obviously where, you got you know, phone get, call, get a yeah. phone call straight away. You know, comms are still black, et cetera. And, you know, the news, you already know in the news, find out three or four days later. But, yeah, and, and uh, but the other ones, yeah, they're just like, fuck. You just, you, your heart sinks for a couple of days because you're like, fuck. I'm, and you on the blower just fucking texting boys going, fuck, who? Oh, come on, like, break the ice for me. You know, it's, it's like the anticipation, like, fuck, like, do I know him or, you know, fuck, you know, sad as it is, like, fuck. It could have been someone I've passed, you know, like Fussel type thing, you know. I worked, yeah. only worked with him two or three weeks. Knew him obviously from the battalion for a little bit, but because um, he was artillery. Yeah, okay. He was um, um, a forward observer, I'm pretty sure. Like a, a I don't know what officers do. Yeah. If they have, I don't know. Sign leave apps or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But because uh, we had A battery at Holesworth. Oh, they used to jump too, didn't and they? they? Would ju- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, the other paratroopers out there were A battery. They're fucking uh, cabana boys. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. Um, never, I never, don't think I've ever seen them jump though. Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, the reason I, I ask about that, obviously, yeah, I know it's like it's a it was a massive thing for you, but um, I I always like to if I can bring something like that up, it's not to like you know get a response and and make a fucking cool reel or whatever. It's because if you you got to remember those guys, you know what I mean. You've got to you've got to keep memories alive. Um, and it's just I guess that's part of the podcast right you, you talk with this sort of shit and keep memories alive man because they're all fucking good dudes yeah definitely definitely and it's it's about telling the truth yeah you know, the, the other side 
the other side that these journos don't fucking see, you know, of Merv's mum trying to drag the fucking coffin off so it doesn't go into the fucking incinerator. Yeah. You know, old mate that I did the podcast with flying back and then flying straight back into the fucking, into the job to fucking get it done after escorting his mate back all the way from Afghanistan. I'll never see that shit. No, no one will probably ever hear that type of stuff. Yeah. No one's heard that Betsy story until now. That's the, probably the first time it's all come out like that. You know, my side of things that I've seen. It's fucking wild. Those journals will never fucking see it. And you know, you know the exact same thing. They'll never see stuff like that. They're yeah. happy to write about it but not fucking experience it. Yeah, and, and it's like probably a, a subject that would – Take us down a rabbit warren. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's, it's why yeah. I don't trust the, the media. Like, I'm not some conspiracy dude either. I don't think anyone's that organised. I've, I've worked for the federal government. Yeah. They're not that organised. Yeah. But um, that's one of the reasons I don't trust the media because, like, it's 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 clickbait t- journalism, you know what I mean? They just yeah. they want to be the first one to report and that's they, they want the headlines. Yeah. And Denzel Washington said it best. Yeah, well, you want to be the first. Yeah, yeah that, I was just thinking of that, right? Yeah. yeah. What, what is the What is the effects of too much media? Yeah. That's what he says, you know, like it's 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 not the need to be um, truthful, it's the need to be first. That's what yeah. they do. That's what the media does. They don't give a fuck who it hurts. Yeah. They just throw it out there. And that's like these fucking journos writing these poof to books. I mean, look, look at what, um, speaking of which, <laughs> look at what Hesto's <laughs> going through at the moment. Sorry, Hesto, I love you, mate. Um, look at what he's going through, right? You know, a couple of journeys out there throw a bit of shit talk around, throw some accusations, pretty fucking damning accusations. Mm. And then what's he got to do? He's got to fight a legal battle for X. How long it's been going on? At least a year. At least yeah, a year. Exactly. He's got to spend a whole year of his time, legal fees, media, all that type of shit, get dragged to the mud, whatever. And what comes of it in the end? Like, you, you know, it doesn't take back what they said, right? No, and, and no it doesn't. It's, it's always going to be out there. Yeah, and he's he's one of the guys that's fighting. You know, there's not Mate, not everyone can do that. Does want to do that? Tell me another officer. That, tell me another officer's out there fighting. Mm, I'd say, <laughs> <laughs> I'd just say crickets. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, mate. It's uh, it's it's a fucking it's it's been a wild journey. My 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 life, my career. I suppose yeah. you know I've gone from you know just a just a housing commission kid through to. You know, running successful businesses, etc. And but it's all been the mindset, really. And um, well, you know, don't rule my last question. I was going to ask you the questions you usually ask. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, mate. I've actually forgotten what the fuck they are. <laughs> and one of them is like, "What's it?" No, I'll try and think of it. Uh, yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone out there who wants to to be a high performer and to um, yeah, have a zero limits mindset? Mate, definitely. You know, I speak about this quite a fucking fair bit. Uh, a lot of people do ask me on Instagram. Uh, through my personal page and, you know, definitely through Zero Limits. Um, you know, again, going back, you know, I grew up housing commission through to running successful businesses, um, you know, successful podcasts, which is not an easy thing to fucking do. And, yeah. you know, for a fact, you know, there's a few yeah. other guys out there that know for a fact that starting a potty is fucking a – and outside of what you see on the cameras or on the mic, it's a fucking grind. Yeah. You know, I've had to teach myself everything. Still uh, what I do, just use someone else's setup. Yeah, yeah. Use my, yeah. Mate, I had no idea even how to do a fucking podcast. Not even I didn't even know how to get up on Spotify. I was like, how the fuck? I was Googling it. How do you get podcasts onto Spotify? Oh, dude. I had no idea. I'm do like, you remember the RSS? Sh- I was like, what the yeah, fuck is an oh, RSS? Can I, know, I just sounds, sounds like a spaceship. It and upload it? Is yeah. it? Was it that hard? I know. Yeah, I had no idea. But, uh, mate, um, 
for me, it's just been setting my mind to what I want to do. And I guess it kind of falls with my brother's way. He's, he's got the same mindset, you know. He's got 270,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, he's taught himself, you know, videography and cinematography, what, all what he does now, photography and all that type of stuff. And he's at the best, you know, he works with Sony, he works for all these companies now. But he's the same. He's got that same mindset as me as where we set our mind to something, you know. Um, for example, you know, I started the security company and, you know, I thought, Fuck, I was getting all the all the uh, uniforms made and I thought, fuck, you know what, I can do this fucking better. It's it's that 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 army mindset. I can do I can make this better. Yeah. You know, that's what the army does best is they have a set route and they go, you know what, I'll take this route and make a bridge here and that'll be fucking quicker. You know what I mean? And I had that mindset when I come to join uh, making the security company. Had these shirts, was outsourcing it and thought, you know what? I'm going to fucking buy a $15,000 embroidery machine. I'm going to teach myself how to fucking do it on YouTube and I'm going to make it cheaper. And I did. Yeah. I got this machine in and pulled it apart. I'm like, I fucking done myself here. Put it together and, you know, most of the shirts that you've seen out there, probably anyone that's seen the shirts out in fucking the street, that was me. That was, that's me. You know, same for the podcast. I'm the one that presses every single fucking shirt because I want that and I maintain that quality as well. I love to maintain quality. So just the tip for young players – you know, it's it's having that drive to complete the goal that you set your mind to. So if you choose something, fucking finish it. You know, the worst that's going to happen, it's going to just not happen. Won't you might, might, get to, yeah, might, might get to the end of it and go, fuck, didn't work, didn't sell. Oh, well, it's going to move on to the fucking next thing. You know what I mean? That's that's my mindset. If my security company didn't work, I'd be like, right, I'm going to start a fucking pressure cleaning company and see if it works. Yeah. That doesn't work, I'll fucking try something else. But I made it fucking work with the security industry because not even that, I, you know, I, I marketed myself as well and said, you know, I'm going to be the person running this company. It's my name that go, goes down with the company if it fucking fails. So I'm going to put my name, my stamp of approval on everything that we do, uh, you know, with the, with the clients, et cetera. Um, you know, if you've got a problem, speak to me. I'll get it sorted. I'll fix it. And uh, I guess that's, that's one of the biggest things for me is just, just fucking setting, setting that goal and just completing it regardless if it fails or fucking not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, when it comes to bodyguard or, you know, even PSD or just anything else, be better than the next person. You know, you don't have to be that person, but be better than them. You know, if if we're going for the same job and you've got a, a close protection course and you've got a driver's course up your belt, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go do a close protection course. I'm going to do a driver's course. I'm going to go do a medical course. You haven't got that. I'm going to be better than you. I'm probably going to get that job. That's what I do. I always try and make myself better than the next person. Uh, I, I make it, you know, almost like a competition within myself yeah. to be better. And, it, you know, I don't want to, you know, be the tall poppy syndrome and make myself better than someone else. I'm just saying, you know, personal uh, attributes and qualities, I'm going to be the best person I can be. And that's when it comes to training as well. Uh, you know, I've said this a few times with, you know, with the police, you know, you shoot one, once a year. Don't blame the organisation, blame yourself. What's stopping you from going out to CB Street, getting your personal uh, CB firearms license and shooting on the weekend? Anything stopping you? Oh, the majority of people hear this, oh, I haven't got the time. And you hear that for fitness as well. People go, oh, I haven't got the time. No, you do have the fucking time. Put your fucking Instagram phone down. Stop watching fucking Love Island for fucking one hour. There's your one hour of fucking training. Get in, get it fucking done. I don't have the fucking time. I'll tell you for a fact, there's times where I did not have the fucking time, especially if anyone's listening that does work on the fucking um, executive or, you know, celebrity fucking touring, you'll know for a fact you don't have the fucking time. But you know what? 
3.30 in the morning, you get to bed maybe at midnight and, you know, 3.30 from 4.30, 100% the client's not going to be awake. That's when that's my training session. That's my fucking hour of power. I'm going to fucking crack something out and get the training session done. So just fucking get it done. Be better. Yeah. Simple. It's no rules, eh? Fucking just get it done. Mate, yeah. pay your taxes. <laughs> but just there's fucking everything else, just make it up. I fucking I love that mindset, man. I fucking love it, bro. Yeah. Um, all right, next one. So do you have any funny little habits? Guilty pleasures? Yeah, oh yeah, fuck yeah. I'm a fucking filth bag. <laughs> love Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fiend PlayStation. I'll get on every single night, headsets on, abuse every fucking ten year old out there. <laughs> Sorry, mum's out there. That's me yelling. <laughs> at you. Your kids are fucking yelling back at me. You fucking dog. And but yeah, mate, I'm I'm on Call of Duty most nights. I love it. I just it's it's for me. PlayStation gaming's always been a part of my life. You know, me and my brother, we've had the Sega Master System, Master System Two. We had the Sony uh, Sega Saturn. We had the Sony PlayStation One, Two, Three, Four, and obviously Five now. So gaming's always been in our lives. We've always sat there and played games. It's a bit tough back in those days to get to tune the TV into the fucking Sega Master <laughs> system and yeah. stuff. Uh, back when you just couldn't switch it on and stuff like that was crazy. But obviously, yeah, PlayStation's a, a big thing for me, mate. And it's good. It's just a good fucking separation from, you know, reality and you just go into this fictional world. And uh, otherwise, yeah, food. Food is a fucking is, – is one of those things for me. Um, I guess I've lost my appetite over the last few years and my ta- metabolism is probably starting to slow up now and – know a cheeseburger here and there go straight to the man titties <laughs> and um and gym mate yeah i love going to the gym still you know i'm, I'm battling all my injuries at the moment uh, you know have been for years my shoulders are fucking dusted and my knees are dusted my back's starting to go now my hip i've got problems with my hip now and obviously all related to the military yeah um i, I guess one of the hardest things back for us uh you know i'm not going to be one of those people that oh, it's harder for us back in the day but the equipment was fucking woeful. You know, the boots we had, mate, I don't know if you had the boots that we had, but I've got a pair at home, put them on and walk down the street. It's like walking with fucking... Those like Swedish like clogs. Lead, <laughs> like lead boots, like walking on the fucking moon, mate. Ten times fucking gravity. Like yeah. it was hideous. And shin splints were fucking, you know, a thing of the, you know, back in the day, it was just constant. See, everything we had, packs were fucking hideous. We were all hay harness. We carried all this kit and, you know, now they've got all these Alice frames and... Fucking robotic arms and fucking you know, exoskeletons <laughs> and shit. The uh, yeah, they got that fucking the, the that, Reaper, that, the Reaper fucking arm that carries you. You know, Sam's invented that. Oh, did he? Yeah, no shit. I think I think him and him and a couple of guys invented yeah, right. it. But the funny thing is, it's um, the reason everyone shits on it is not the reason he invented it for. So I'll let him tell that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah anyway, I'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask him. But uh, yeah, yeah, all that type of shit. So my body's fucking busted. But yeah, I love the gym, mate. I love love getting in the gym and lifting what I can. There's been a few days my arthritis fucking plays up fucking massively. Yeah, yeah, massive, massive. Like it's fucking wild. Um, I'm like an ant. You know when an ant when it starts raining or when it's about to rain, the ants start fucking hiding. I'll tell you when it's about to fucking rain because my my bones will start to ache. Really, dude. No shit. I'll tell fuck if it starts raining tonight. I'll let you. Know, I'll wake you up and go, mate. It's about to rain. Yeah. Do you need to sleep? Yeah, yeah right now I'm fucking I'm the weatherman right now I'm fucking weatherman I'll tell you yeah right but uh, yeah mate that's pretty much it but yeah obviously my fast food I'm a fast food junkie and if any of the boys um, one of the boys I'm actually getting on Maddie Adams you know Maddie Adams from ah. Two Commando he's coming on Maddie soon Adams. he's told his story a few times caught up with him a couple of weeks ago in uh, in in Adelaide and um, this is my love for fucking 
My, my love for KFC and Hungry Jack's Maccas goes fucking way back. That way back to Fat Alley. Uh, Addo gets fucking blown up in uh, in in Carpool. Uh, Vbid fucking blows them up. And uh, I was we were out that day. So fuck. The funny thing is, my vehicle was my uh, my section or my team was meant to go out first, but I left my fucking Bluetooth speaker in the fucking room. So we went back out to get it, and the other teams left, and fucking boom. Shit. Yeah. So I texted fucking Matty, he's fucking beat, all beat up and fucking vehicles being wrecked by fucking, you know, 20 fucking thousand pound fucking, I don't know. <laughs> that big. One million but pounds. So, yeah, yeah, one million pound bomb, uh, V-Bin, and I uh, saw the video, it's pretty fucking wild. And sent him a text, he's that fucking H-Guy getting checked out. I said, mate, uh, why are you there? Can you just pick us up fucking double whopper? <laughs> <laughs> he sends back, cunt. That was it. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, mate, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm a bit yeah, I'm a bit of an introvert these days. I'm not. I don't really go out too much or anything anymore, and just fucking happy yeah, living your life. Happy just, living life. Yeah, you know, kids and wife, etc. Yeah, love love staying home and just hanging out. And it's really weird because the kids now have got this fucking fast food addiction, which I need a fucking tip <laughs> in the bud because where did they get that from? <laughs> I don't know. Fucking, I'll turn into fucking umpalubbers. Fat little things soon, so run around going. Hey, Lucky they're skinny. Hey, they're skinny like me. Yeah, Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, mate. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much it. All right, then. Last question, um, and I'll give it a business spin, but you give whatever answer you want. You're obviously a very successful entrepreneur. Still recording, thank fuck. Yeah. Um, you're obviously a very successful entrepreneur, running a bunch of successful businesses and whatnot. What is the next thing for you, business or life? Mate, I'd love to take the podcasting to the next level. You know, you see these big podcasters in the US, you know, Sean Ryan's, the, you know, I, I base a lot of my stuff off, you know, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, I love love his concept, you know, smoking weed and, you know, just, just gobbing off. And that's, as soon as that's fucking legal in Australia, zero limits podcast is zero, zero limits high podcast. <laughs> we're getting, we're zero getting, laws. We're getting zapped. And, uh, yeah, mate, I'd love to take the podcasting, you know, a lot bigger than what it is. You know, yeah. do a bit more video stuff and put more content out there for the people, mate. It's just be, it's been really therapeutic for me. Um, you know, I, I do see a psychologist and he, he actually recommends it. He's like, it's, it's really good to hear that you're not even for you. You're getting other people that don't think they'd ever come on a podcast to talk about their careers. You know, I had, you know, just recently a guy from Link Cafe, you know, I had the first guy, Ben, from uh, – he wrote the book Tiger, 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 and then I had uh, Mick, Mick F. come on. And who would have thought I would have had a second guy from Link Cafe Yeah, that uh, never thought he'd ever tell his story ever. No books, no nothing, just, yep, come in and tell his story. So that, that's what's become – I'd like to do that more and share more stories because, you know, I was only trying to reach out to uh, Harry Smith, SGMG, uh, Battle Long Tan, CEO of Battle Long Tan. Okay, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, not familiar. He just passed, yeah, yeah. Away, passed away the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, and man. I was only trying to reach out to him a few weeks ago to try and get him on and I heard that it was a bit of ill health and yeah. just didn't happen. You know, and then that's, you know, I'm sure his story's out there, but yeah, you know, yeah. I've got a different branch of listeners that have never heard the story, you know. Yeah. They could have locked in that. And that's what I love doing is locking in these stories into history because, you know, the late, great fucking Nick Hill. Yeah, you mate, know, it was only a few weeks, I only, think, after. Only a, couple, only a couple of weeks ago, mate. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I was chatting to him a fair bit and, 
you know, had his uh, son reach out and say, mate, it's, it's, it's amazing that you, you know, you captured his story and the way that you did it and, you know, just absolutely some absolute fucking laughs in that, in that fucking – well, I think one of the, the greatest stories out of that was, well, you know, when he was in Kapuka and they were all lining up and he goes uh, – basically the, the platoon sergeant or someone's coming out and going, all right, who's got a grandfather? Put your hands up. Everyone puts their hand up. All right, all right. who's got a who's who's got a life grandfather? Yeah, put their hands up. Well, you don't. So fuck, you can go home. <laughs> and old mate's fucking grandfather's just died. Send him home. I'm like, <laughs> that was fucking loose. That's the nineties fucking army for you. I've got to clip that story actually. I've got to put it up because it was fucking In like a real absolute yeah. classic. When it when fucking Nick said it, it was absolutely classic. But that's what I love doing, mate. Is capturing these stories and so you know, and it's crazy because. I'm at the stage where, you know, I've kind of figured out I'm starting to get old. This is, this is how you know when you're starting to get old. You switch from fucking FM radio to AM radio. <laughs> you know, I've been listening to AM radio for a good one year now. Yeah. And I fucking love it. Love fucking hearing Rose call up, 90-year-old Rose call up and just complain about fucking the world. Oh, the now, youth you know, crime. They're fucking terrible. They're, they're fucking... There was only two genders when I was fucking born. <laughs> and I was the, I was the stay-at-home mum. And uh, yeah, mate. So I reckon, and it's kind of pushed me in that in that direction of fuck. Maybe I could be like a John Laws or a, you know, Stan Zamanik yeah, or something. Stan, like Stan Zamanik <laughs> or you know, fucking Carl Sandilands type. You know, feature and get on a start my own radio show. No reason. I don't know. But you know, podcasting's yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, podcasting's a new radio, right? Like, well, it's uh, it's only growing. It's only growing. I think there's they say there's about four million podcasts in the world. And if you get a certain, you know, I'm in the in the top ten percent in the world. Really? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. The statistics uh, are bonkers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same as business, right? You'd be in the top one percent of one percent of businesses. Yeah, of easily. Course. Yeah. Because well, what is it like? Uh, the stats are horrendous. Like one percent make it, and then only one yeah, percent make yeah, a million. Yeah, and definitely. It just it's 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 fractal, so it keeps going and going. Yeah, and going. yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, mate. Yeah, so I guess that's the plan for the future, mate. Is um. You know, establish myself a bit more with the potty and who knows, maybe a, a non-for-profit or something or I don't know, something. You know, I've been talking a few things about shooting guns and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't know. I don't know really to the extent to what the plan is for the future, but podcasting's not going to stop, mate. Oh, I love it, capturing these fucking stories like yourself, letting Heck Matula get away. And <laughs> well, I want to get him on the potty. <laughs> oh, is he dead, is he? No, he's alive. Is he? I thought they, they fucking... Him, no, they let him go. Oh. He's just fucking cruising in Rancarbal, just eating fucking ice cream cones. I thought he they fucking executed. Yeah, we need the dentist out there to fucking the sort him out. <laughs> that was fucking. Oh, mate. I remember just a fucking 50 cow Ralphos straight to the face. I remember that story before I went to the GAN. I heard that one and fucking Gangster. pissed myself. The dentist. Oh, dude. One of the best podcasts I reckon I've done. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And it was good to have Chris uh, Mayon that told his story as being the PMV commander that was first to rock up to this dude and. Boots him and because he sits up and he's like, <laughs> he's got no <laughs> like fucking the, face, like the predator. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's funny because I'm actually speaking to uh, Adam Kelly. He's coming on. He was he was a sniper pair for uh, Carl. Okay, and then I'm speaking to uh, another guy, Will. So he was uh, one of the guys that chased one of the squirters up the hill. I think he got the MG or something like that as well. Oh, yeah. I think. I, don't quote me. But yeah, they're all coming on the podcast. But again, mate, yeah, just fuck down to encapsulate the stories and put the content out for the listeners and again it's not for me anymore it's for it's for everyone everyone out there and the history bro yeah yeah i love i love being the voice too you know it's you know you've 
Uh, we've spoken about doing these debriefs for the military and I obviously want you part of it. And, uh, you know, most recently we've had uh, Sog, um, Sogon and uh, Semps. Yep. Both to help with the police side of things and it's the, the police debriefs are going fucking bonkers, mate. Like they've just... Yeah. Had, thousands of police have reached out to me going, dude, you boys are fucking on the fucking dot and hopefully shaking some fucking feathers and they need it. They need that morale boost, so... Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of been like the the spoken voice. Fuck it, if I get shut down one day, I no doubt I probably will. Like you know, I'm pretty vocal about things and like fuck the government. They've definitely fucked the government. Not, not, nothing but fuck me for the last in taxes <laughs> and fucking just in general, like contracting. You know, I almost fucking died and shit when you know just shit in general. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Probably get shut down one day, but fuck it is what it is. I'm not, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, Matty Morris, thanks for coming on the potty, bro. No, I appreciate it, mate. Oh, <laughs> fuck, we've been chatting. It's uh, normally, yeah, normally yeah, it's like, was, we'll yeah. probably edit a tiny bit of that out when I was. Yeah, a little bit. Probably, probably take a shit 10, 15 me. minutes, but yeah. Generally, it's me like, yeah, mate, all right, mate, we're coming up to three and a half hours. <laughs> chat now Six hours. Got a couple of final questions for you. <laughs> what advice can you give to people? Just keep on, keep on. Uh, yeah, just shit like that. But, uh, mate, when it gets late and I'm doing a potty, fuck, I'll get cooked. I, was do- I did one with my, my mate Will. In person, I was so cooked, man. My mouth was all dehydrated. I was yeah. like falling asleep and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. I've done some wild ones like at, you know, one o'clock in the morning with the US and oh, stuff. Oh, overseas, yeah. I think Mike Glover was like at 12 o'clock, but, you know, obviously it's Mike Glover. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. Like, can't beat that dude. Like, yeah. he's, he's an animal. But, yeah, man, no, I really appreciate you, you know, wanting to encapsulate my fucking story. Uh, it's, it's, it's a yeah, bit it's wild. Hard, and yeah. it's, it's been a long time, you know. Obviously been out of the army a very long time and – Moving to the private security world and, yeah, who knows what the future brings, mate, you know. Yes. To see how the body holds up first. It's, it's, you know, I think it's one of the biggest things about the military. It definitely destroys your body. Yeah, I but, think, mate, uh, I think it kept your mind pretty sharp, man. But it so. did. It did. And that's one thing I want to I wanna talk about, you know, just quickly about, you know, the Army. I think it did shape the rest of my life in regards to mindset. You know, it, it does teach you that, you know, fuck. There's that hill you got to get up at. Fuck. By any means, fucking possible. And if that means you're fucking crawling up there, dragging your fucking, you get, fucking so be it, as long as you get get up that fucking hill. So I guess that's one of the big things with with the military. But just to, you know, tip for young players, when you leave the military, just, you, you're nothing. So just, just. Starting again. Yeah, yeah. You're not 10 foot tall and bulletproof and you're not fucking the coolest fucking thing that's, you know, grace this earth. Just, just to understand it, that you still got to f- make your fucking way within the civvy world and get the qualifications you need and, and you know, just. Slot into society, so yeah. and but you know, you know, there's a lot of people out there struggling, and if there is, just reach out to people, talk about it. That's the, again another thing about the podcast. Just get people to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, mate. Definitely helps, yeah, because it's it's very candid. The pot, the potty, mate. You're like, and um, mine's kind of similar, right? I like to talk about those sort of stuff, uh, that sort of stuff intentionally. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like when you when people tell the story like that publicly, it's like it's uh, without going down a rabbit warren, it, like it gives them permission. To be like, oh, that guy was yeah. he's a fucking yep. SAS soldier or a two commando soldier and he talked about XYZ. So like maybe it is okay to have Well it is, it doesn't matter who you are. PTSD, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, you know, humans like are humans. You could right? be SASR, you could be fucking you could be the blanket folder, ordnance core, and still, you know, still have your issues. Like everyone's got issues. Yeah. You know? So like yourself, mate. Yeah, 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 exactly. My mine wasn't military related, it yeah. was divorce related. So yeah, was, you know, that's it's it. it's not Fuck, it's not always PTSD flashbacks. Yeah, still driving a gas car. 
Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. That time you buy a Tesla. I oh, know, something electric, yeah. <laughs> I put my fucking, <laughs> put a knife in the, <laughs> in the key slot like next time. Like a fucking Yeah. I'll drop my Tesla in the bath. <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, no, again, I uh, appreciate you uh, for having me on, mate. Oh, fuck. I, th- I thought I was in control for a second there. <laughs> Uh, You're about to go. Thanks for coming on the Zealand's podcast, mate. Thank you. Yeah, all right. Thanks, mate. Catch a bro. No, easy, dude.